Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? I am doing splendidly, David. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. And it's nice to hear a formal David. I don't hear that very often. You know, geez. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was saying that until it came out of my mouth. But, the, ki- uh, the King of Signal, yeah. the Emperor of Legion Outpost. It's, I suppose it's good <laughs> we're going with uh, formal titles. Now, we have quite the show ahead of us today. Um, this is a listener request show, basically, isn't it? This Legion Outpost. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, Bendis has to wait. If you're dying to hear a Bendis review for Legion of Superheroes 12, we actually have one from Michael Kellishin, which I'll read out, but we're holding back on that um, for the next show just because we had so many um, issues throughout the history of Legion of Superheroes that um, that listeners have, have asked us to read. So we thought, well, why not? We'll devote an episode to it. Um, one thing I wanted to do before we start the show, Adam, is... I want to keep an eye out for Legion product, um, like as in, you know, trade paperbacks and hardcovers that's coming out. And the, mm, yeah. the the one, that, I think we mentioned it last show, the one that is coming out next that I can see, because Bendis' mm. one is already out, I believe, um, his first collection, is Legion of Superheroes Before the Darkness, Volume 1, which ironically yep. has the cover of an extremely awful issue that we're reviewing um, this <laughs> episode. I recognise the cover. Um, not J.M. DiMatteis' Finest Hour. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's no Craven's Last Hunt, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or uh, Justice League International. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to start collecting the period between the end of the Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes mm. trade and title hardcovers. Yes. And the start of the uh, Giffen, or no, sorry, the start of the Paul Lovitz run. Now, do you want to so hear something annoying? The Superhero mm-hmm. and Legion of Super, because I looked at it, the Legion of Su- and Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes Volume 2 hardcover, which came out. Uh, probably a year or two ago, which I've got, Volumes 1 and 2, which mm-hmm. uh, also has Paul Levitz on the cover. Uh, Paul Levitz, Jerry Conroy, and uh, and Joe, someone I can't read what his name is. Um, but anyway, that covers... The, so the last collection covers issues 241 to 258, and DC Comics presents 13 to 14. So okay. remember that number, 258. The Before the Darkness covers 260 to 271 and Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes 1 to 3. So, yeah. I believe someone looked into that and that was uh, a typo on the Superboy volume. I think that does collect 259. Okay. Well, uh, if you actually look inside, but well, I, I won't bother wrong. to write my complaint to DC that I was going to sit down with a bit of pen and paper and a bit of stationery and mail that off, but I guess I won't have to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I could be wrong, but that's I think uh, someone, someone told me that a, someone made a mistake somewhere, and then one of our faithful listeners tracked it down. I like that the kind of Sherlock Holmes out there. Um, Heads will roll. Yeah, exactly. Well, Signal was about to get involved, and I'll, I'll hold off the cannons for now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> we won't fire the Death Star uh, just yet. Now, um, Adam, before we get started, uh, how have you been, firstly? It's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, it has been a little while. I think we took an extra week this time. Um, I'm doing well, Dave. I got a job offer this week, so oh. I'm excited about that. Well, yeah. is it with the new president? Is it is it something attached to the new president? <laughs> No, yeah, I'm still uh, leveraging into that role. Okay, all right. Don't forget your Australian connection. I'm always available at the drop of a hat. 
You know that. <laughs> yeah. Put me in charge of security How have you or been, something. Dave? Yeah, I'm good, man. I can't complain. Just came back from a vacation. Uh, it was just a bit of a stay vacation at a a place with a pool. It's been really hot here. Uh, we just had Australia Day yesterday, and the whole weekend, uh, like a full on heat wave, like forty plus degrees Celsius, which is warm, very warm. And uh, today, nice cool change, a little bit of rain. Just took the dog out for a walk. Um, yeah, no, can't complain. Um, things have been sort of pretty normal on the buying front. I'm waiting a whole lot of shipments that are supposed to be coming in this week and next week. My 100 Bullets Omnibus is almost here. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and I also got all of Scalped, the deluxe hardcovers. Um, yeah, those are two that I've been wanting to dig into. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they're my thing, but... Um, they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, I like them a lot. Uh, they are very dark. Um, but yeah, no, and the only one I'm missing is volume two, but I got, I got one, three, four, and five and volume two seemed to be hard to get, but I reckon I can probably get it. I've got my little feelers out and I figured, well, I'll get all the hard covers. There's only five. So yeah. So yeah, everything's, everything's copacetic there. Now, um, in terms of Legion, as I said, uh, I, I want to read out Michael Kellishim, faithful listener to Signal of Doom and Legion Outpost. Um, he wrote me an email kind of doing his review of Bendis's, uh, is it final issue, uh, Adam? Uh, I don't think we can say that yet. Okay. Uh, he does have the two issue future state thing, uh, which the first issue actually came out, uh, today. Oh. And we'll, then we'll there's another issue of that. And, uh, there hasn't been an announcement of cancellation, so mm. we don't know if it's just, that DC staggering the releases post uh, Future State. Right. Okay. So, yeah, we don't these, know. These Future um, State things just seem so pointless. I've done so many of them for the show, and honestly, they've really not been that good, you know? Yeah, I haven't liked anything I've checked out or flipped through, really. Um, yeah, I did I, think the Legion one was decent. I mean, okay. just because it's maybe a little more interesting than Come what on. he has been doing, you know? There's a little bit of a status quo change. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm. I didn't realize that was coming out, so we'll do that next show. Now, this is Michael's uh, Legion of Superheroes twelve review. Full spoiler review for issue twelve. Good guys win, bad guys get banished. Lots of bad Bendisy dialogue. So that's that. If you enjoy the series as a twelve issue maxi series, it's okay. Quotation marks. I think Bendis got the notice of cancellation and did his best to wrap up the story, very unbendis-like, instead of doing whatever he originally had planned for his Great Darkness Saga 2. He thinks that Gold Lantern was the character that received the most interest, and judging from the Brainiac scene at the end, he may get a miniseries later on. But aside from the future uh, state, which I'm skipping, there appears to be no end. That appears to be the end, as there is no April Legion book scheduled. Ask Adam, the computer, if he can explain the age-looking Supergirl cameo on the last page. Did I miss something? Um, and then he just says, feel free to re read my review on the outpost and remember, House of L up. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, uh, Kellishim. Um, yeah, and then he's he's got something about the out, the Legion outpost, which is appearing. He's it, it. Look, I'm just trying to explain this. I was trying to explain it to him. Um, Legion outpost and Signal of Doom both have separate feeds in iTunes and pretty much everywhere, but... They're all available on the signalofdoom.com homepage. So oh. on that page, signalofdoom.com, you will have all the Signal of Doom episodes, all the Legion Outpost episodes, and I 
you know, I split it up so the Legion Outpost episodes go to the Legion Outpost feed, which should be available on Spotify. I mean, I'm not sure if it's there yet. I don't know Signal of Doom is there, but I've definitely applied for it. And on Android devices, iTunes, etc. So, Michael, you will always be able to find um, all of this stuff on the webpage, signaldoom.com. And I also have the Facebook page, Legion Outpost and Signal Doom, where I put up all the links as well. So um, I hope that answers that question there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, an interesting review. Have you read it, Issue 12? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, what's happening to, with yeah, this his Supergirl? Uh, what's that? What's happening with this age Supergirl? He's talking about. Well, well, first off, like I said before, I don't know if we can say that it's cancelled. Um, sure. You know, maybe Michael has information that I'm not privy to. I but, bet he um, does. Deep sources inside the White House, probably. You know? <laughs> Biden yeah, may have made the me, call. Might have been Biden's first order. Cut it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, if if this is the end of what he did, um, I'd be like, well, what was the point, Ben? It's like. Yeah. Instead of doing 12 issues of preamble to the rest of your run, just give us like – just do a story in six yeah. issues and Try then another story, story in six Bendis. issues. Try where, a fucking story, yeah. Bendis, like you know, three part or six part or something. You know. Yeah. I would recommend The Future State to Michael because I, I, like I said, I kind of enjoyed it. And I think mm. it's supposed to take us after that Great Darkness type thing. Um, and if we if the book is over, then I guess that at least is a little bit of information about what happened there. Mm. Um, as far as Supergirl, uh, I didn't even notice that. Good eye, Michael. Um, so my thing is, I know that there's uh, Zod yeah. uh, on the new Krypton. I don't know if that's just supposed to be some other Supergirl who happens to be dressed like Supergirl, or if it's, you know, you might be right, it is Supergirl. Mm. Uh, in which case, I guess we could point to the Legion of Superheroes Millennium issue one, where we see that Supergirl is like the president of Earth. Uh, but I don't is think she... that took place in the 30th century. What? Supergirl's the president of Earth in the future? Well, uh, if you go and read that Superhero, or Legion of Superheroes Millennium, yeah. it just takes like different snapshots, like oh, every 50 right. or 100 years yeah. up until the Legion's time. That's right. And it didn't really seem like it has any bearing on this book, so it was really annoying. But one thing in there was that, yeah. you know, we do see that Supergirl seems to be at least somewhat long lived, but not quite to the 30th century yet. But, you know, we could extrapolate that maybe so, she does. It, so, from what you're saying, it makes no sense. It doesn't sound like much of a wrap up to me. I don't think it's intended to be. If it is, then I'm like, what the fuck, Bendis? Like, yeah. I would honestly probably go on Twitter and like tell him off, like, yeah, fuck off, Bendis. You wanted this so bad, but you couldn't do it well enough that it has any longevity. Yeah. Like, I get maybe you're a fan, but like, you yeah. clearly didn't have the bandwidth for this. I love um, this whole like he wanted it so bad. I mean, you know, it's like he wants a cookie or something, you know, like, but he didn't have a story. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I saw um, he posted something the other day. He said when he was a kid that he would like dream and think about the Legion of Superheroes, and I was like, I didn't realize yeah, you were that big of a fan. But um, yeah, I mean, give you know. me a break. Yeah. So Bendis, um, you know, mm. I don't know. Like, why did he fight so hard for this book? It seems like there's other creators that maybe would have put a little more care into it. Well, I think just you know, you know the thing is like it's all well and good to say I really want it, I really want it, I really want it, and then he gets it and he's just like dithers around with it. Like my advice. Also, did you see that Bendis is out of exclusive with DC now as well? His DC exclusive contract, which apparently was signed just prior to the last president leaving, um, DC president. I'm talking about not Trump. 
Um, he is out of the exclusive contract now. Yeah, so I read that DC wanted him and gave him like an uh, insane offer that yes. uh, yeah. was better than the insane offer he had at Marvel or insane deal he had at Marvel. And yeah. meanwhile, Marvel was like, well, we're not really sure this is worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he so was, it's just his star was on the decline. He, he, he did leave. Like, I will say this for Bendis. Business-wise, he made a smart decision to leave because I think he was running out of any kind of juice he had at Marvel. Like, he's... Yeah, I, I'm sure his sales were slumping. Certainly, reader interest was slumping, uh, and he is he is divisive, like most writers are these days as well. So he made the right decision to leave for the big money. But the problem was, I think a lot of people, such as myself, hoped it would reinvigorate his stories. And just judging on Legion, I don't think that they were anything special. I think it would, they were lifted by some very good art. I think without that good artwork, people would be even a lot more critical of his Legion run. From what I, I think, I think the, his art, the, the artist, did a fantastic job. You know. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, anyway. Yeah, Silk is definitely a big get, um, and it, I think that if the book does continue, I think Suk, uh, Ryan Sook will be off the book. Uh, it's just my speculation. I, I'm sure there's many a right. Like this is the thing. Like if I was in in DC. It's worth keeping the title going. Like, you don't need to give it to the biggest writer on the fucking block. Like, get, give it to someone with a decent pitch who can pitch you, like, three, you know, stories in a row, like, that makes yeah. sense and can just move between four to six issues per story. Like, and if, if it's good I, enough, give it to them. Like, you know. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, though... A name like Bendis, you know, he doesn't have a lot of cachet anymore, I don't think, but he still does have some. Oh, sure. And for him, it's only selling like 30K. So I imagine if someone else got it, you know, the sales would go down immediately. Um, but, you know, yeah, I say give it a shot, but it's well, not so my money, I guess. Like, hey, do I sound old fashioned here? But, like, you make a good title, sales will stabilize at least and could then start building. Yeah. You know, like, it's not all about the number one. Like, this is the thing. Like, put someone on who's got a decent story and rehabilitate the title. Like, Bendis didn't do such an appalling job that it's unsalvageable. He just did a very mediocre job. You know, like, it was sort of just a bit nothing if you know what I mean. Like, you could easily get a writer to build on what he's set up and then build beyond it. Like, it's not that that hard or anything. Like, anyway. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest, it seems like one of those titles where um... – yeah, you know, they're always looking for like representation sure. in their creators. It seems like a book like you know, give it to a woman or you know, a black creator. Yeah. Um, you know, not that I think they, you know, it makes that much of a difference. But it's like you have all these diverse characters that sure. maybe that could bring something unique and interesting to this version of the team. Where Bendis is like not really doing that for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. And also, it's not always about being the biggest fan of the title to, to do a good title. Many, many, many titles have been done by creators who it wasn't their first choice character. You know, like a good writer is a good writer. Um, if you give them like a little bit of a Bible, they have some ideas and they can work with it. Like you don't have to be the biggest fan of Legion of all time to be a good Legion writer, really. Like it's, you know, I mean, really, it would probably help to get someone that maybe isn't and have it be a little more fresh. Exactly. Um, totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Otherwise, you can be too subservient to the continuity, to, to you know, basically some of the patterns that have gone before. You, you need to shake it up sometimes. Um, 
which DC have definitely done at times in, in Legion's run. Uh, I just think, um, hey, where's Kerry Bates? <laughs> Is he still kicking? Because maybe it's time to call back. You know, bring him back with uh, yeah. whoever was on our duties back then, Dave Cockrum. There you go. You want a classic I know team? he's not, so. Is he dead? Uh, Dave Cockrum for sure is. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kerry Beats is too. So it would have to be a zombie uh, creative <laughs> team. Um, we can rebuild him. Possibly past their peak. Oh, you know, I'm so I'm sorry. Kerry Beats is alive. He's alive. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Kerry Beats. <laughs> Maybe not a good sign that we're not even sure if he's alive or dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like he's, he he works in television. It looks like he he worked okay. on the RoboCop Alpha Commando show. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's get into our book. So the first one up is um, what number is it? I'm looking at two ninety three Adventure Comics. So yeah, and worth noting is this is actually the oldest Legion appearance that we've done, other than that first uh, appearance of Monel, which yes. didn't actually have the Legion. It was just Monel. So in Superboy, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so straight away, I loved it at, at, at the very start. It's got, um, uh, Superboy, classic Superboy up in the air. People have got their ring. Uh, who is, who is there? Lightning, uh, Lightning Lad, Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl. Um, Correct, ow, 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 great Scott. My pals from the future, Lightning Lad, Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl are killing me with deadly rays from the Kryptonite rings. Choke. Why? Um, now did you see... This the issue cost just twelve cents, and if you got on the first page the the announcement from National Periodical Publications, dear boys and girls, first we would like to thank you for having bought this DC magazine, even though it cost you two cents more than usual. Obviously, you like our magazine and consider our stories worth the extra two pennies. That makes us feel mighty proud. Then they go into this whole explanation about rising costs, um, which is why they've lifted the the the, the page rates from ten cents. The the comic uh price from 10 cents to 12 cents um because of um all, all these uh problems and stuff that they've been having it's pretty interesting actually yeah which you know doesn't seem like much but i guess if your parents gave you 50 cents uh you know a week yeah, or a month yeah. or something as an allowance and now you can only get four books you can't get the fifth book that you wanted to buy i remember chuck dixon um told me that um it, it must have been a bit later than this. What, what what era would this have been like in the late 50s Probably. I think this is the early 60s. Okay, well, maybe it was the early 60s. Chuck said that when they raised the page rates, let's say it was from 10 to 12, it affected his whole economy because it, when he went to the drugstore, he got, like, you know, two comics and a, and a stick of candy or something, and then he couldn't get the candy. <laughs> yeah, it blew so, yeah his I'd whole be pissed about that. Yeah, I love the bit where they go, um, hot dogs also were a nickel. Now they are at least a dime, 15 cents in most places. Everything costs more today than just a few years ago. Your parents have to pay more for food, clothing, and rent. It's like really dro- drooling into these kids' inflation. Like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Marvel and DC today will add an extra, you oh, know, yeah. two to six bucks to a book. Uh, oh, and, it's outrageous you know, what they do now. Like, not bad than I. I, I saw... Um, some book the other day was 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 ten bucks US for, yeah. for for those floppies. It's it's way too much, you know. Like, and it's not like it's really not like the like the paper quality might be a lot better, but the quality of story is not a lot better. Um, well, that's the thing is, you know, generally they'll put in like eighty or a hundred pages or something, but a lot of times, you know, eighty or a hundred page stories, they're just kind of like shit, you know. Mm. Or if they're like an anthology, a lot of the stories are kind of shit. But whatever. 
Yeah, I know. They just um, they really go for it. So the very first page of this, I was loving it. Oh, but, yeah. We should mention that Chuck Gallatin, if I'm saying that right, is the one that suggested this issue, and you oh, immediately no. jumped on it, so I knew we were going to have to do this one. Oh yeah, because I had the super pets, um, yep. Superboy. And we've got Crypto leading the charge. Let's go, gang. This is a job for the Legion of Super Pets. And we've got Crypto, um, Streaky, the Super Cat, uh, who I believe is Supergirls. Am I right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Super Monkey, who, who I loved. He stowed away on the craft that came <laughs> yeah. from Crypto. I, when I saw that, I just laughed. Like, I was like, you don't hear much about Super Monkey, but he was. you don't see him, like, in all the million... Um, you know, adaptations of the origin they always do, like, you know, Secret Origin, <laughs> uh, Birthright. Imagine if they just always had the monkey there, unexplained. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of surprising that he wasn't actually more popular for a while because I think they used to always try to put apes on the covers to, yeah. like, sell more comics. Apes uh, or monkeys, I guess. I love it. Uh, and then we've got, he's not called Comet yet, just Super Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is his first appearance. Yep. And funnily enough, it's kind of hilarious that it's in the future when Supergirl gets him, they say. Yeah, it's like we can't let Superboy know that there's a super horse because then he'll know that Supergirl exists. Whatever. <laughs> Later on, you guys are going to be members of the same team, so whatever. Yeah. And and you you always just sort of like awkwardly just step around all these like massive issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's already got me on the very first page. We we see if you notice down here the Legion of Super Traders title above it is a. Superboy with a kind of green face. Um, yeah, it looks like he's got kryptonite poisoning. Yep. Well, Crypto, Streaky, Super Monkey, and Super Horse succeed. Um, we're back in the... We're turning the page. We're, we're back in the... Um, is it the general store? And Clark's just, like, slinging um, Valley Peas. Um, <laughs> yeah, himself. you know, it's impressive. He, you know, he's got, like, two cases, uh, a case of corn and a case of peas, and... He puts him on there with the labels facing out, yeah. and Pa Ken is like, you've saved me hours of work. I'm like, calm down, Pa, it's 48 cans. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, Lana's up to her old tricks, as usual. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. was it me, coincidence, that Clark brought up Peaches? If he was secretly Superboy, like, she's just fucking incessant on this whole, her just, endless investigation of it if he's Superboy. Like, it just, it, it never ends. I, I love when we get back, um, there's the lamp blinking. That means it's a signal, which means either the President, the Pentagon, or Police Chief Parker of Smallville want to contact <laughs> Superboy. Like, it, it goes from, like, the highest of the high down to the local police chief. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it is Chief Parker. It's not the President this time. Uh, I love that he's got the tunnel underneath. They have that in Superboy and the Legion, don't they? Didn't Jeff Johns's one have that or something or Secret Origin? Do they still have the tunnel? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they kept the tunnel. Uh, he might even had a tunnel, only it was in his bedroom. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and I was kind of shocked by what happened. He's flying out and he sees his plane and then he goes out to save it. And then as he's up there, he goes, instead of saving the plane, I'll wreck it. Ha, ha, ha. The propeller's shattering on my invulnerable hand. Fall plane. And Crypto's behind him going, yipes. I don't believe this. My yeah, mind- I love, <laughs> uh, you know, reading Crypto's text and just his facial expressions. Yeah, he's just constantly Some- shocked. Sometimes he cries. Yeah, I know. My master always does good, not bad things like this. I better act fast before lives are lost. <laughs> Crypto is stunned at what he sees. 
Um, and then he actually crypto does some impressive stuff. He 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 goes and um takes the uh, roof off this uh house basically or whatever it is with um the barn with his super tail, and <laughs> um now I'll lower the falling plane gently onto a great amount of hay in the barn with my super breath, so no one will get hurt. Crypto's really doing the um. The big stuff, and then Superboy's um, great Scott. I'd have killed those people in the plane if not for Crypto. What came over me? And then Crypto's like, Superboy, I'm pissed. Sorry now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and then when he grabs him by the tail here oh, in a yeah. couple pages. Oh, it's kind of sad though. He goes, My master wants to kill me. I thought he'd love me. But if this is how he really feels, I don't want to leave. Choke. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Crypto. <laughs> well, he's a faithful dog. Uh, he is poor, a good boy. Poor, poor Crypto, I feel sorry for him. And then he goes, forgive me, Crypto, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry, I don't know what possessed me. And Crypto's like, I'm glad he doesn't hate me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> poor uh, Crypto. Poor Crypto. It's, but it's very unusual to see Superboy treating Crypto badly because Crypto is a very good dog. Um, you know, And there should be a lot more Crypto, frankly, in the DC universe. Like, I don't know why they sort of abandoned that angle I, I get it maybe super monkey you know even well, i like streaky personally but um you know there was too many super pets but i think crypto is a classic you know yeah you know what you might like is the uh tomasi mm. uh superman yeah i think john has crypto in there and you know it's a nice little story if only it was clark that had crypto not john but yeah right yeah <sighs> same fucking john fucking John, who put Metropolis in a bottle. Thanks, John. Um, yeah, like, like it's like, uh, I love how we're all supposed to love him as well. Like, oh, he's so great. He's so perfect. He's so awesome. I'm like, I don't feel anything for John, you know? Nothing. Yeah, I don't either, especially now. that I liked him a little better when he was younger. Um, it was kind of like uh, a little more interesting. Well, it was kind of like the Batman and Super, um, sorry, Batman and Robin title that Tomasi yes. was doing with Super Damien Sons. and yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like the reflection of that. Well, no, I just meant we had the Batman and Robin title with oh, Bruce yeah, and yeah, Damien, yeah. yep. and then the Superman title was Superman and his son. And yeah. yeah, you know, it was kind of cool to see it, but it was kind of went by fast. But yeah, I don't need it so much that I need to read Super Sons. The only Superboy I really want is Young Clark Kent. That's it. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't mind Connor, but I, I, I don't know why mess with perfection. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people would agree with that sentiment, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, now and then the signal lamp starts flashing, so he's got a lot of lamps to do a lot of things. Um, yeah. The signal lamp is flashing a code message. That code means I'm to contact the superheroes, Legion superheroes from the future, at the place we usually meet when they visit this time era, and they've got the great bubble, which is the heart of the Gobi Desert. I just realised. Um, oh yeah, I didn't notice that either. Didn't notice that either. And it's uh, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, and Cosmic Boy. Um, and it's kind of interesting, uh, like, they bring up, what are they saying? They've, they've kind of got a lens into the fandom zone. We see, like, um, is it Luther? No, it's not Luther. It just looks like Luther. Uh, I thought it was, I think that's generally Jack's, Jack's Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, the, oh, General Zod there as well. And then poor old Monel. This is Choke Monel, a friend for the planet Daxium. I placed him in the zone until I can someday find a, discover a cure for his vulnerability caused by exposure to lead, which affects him like kryptonite affects me. He always seems to forget that he was the cause of that, you know? 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's funny. But also, I think it's funny. It looks like he's explaining it to Zod as Zod like looks over his shoulder at <laughs> yeah, Mono. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mono says, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> now, this is also, I think, before Mono really has any ties to the Legion. So these are like uh, two separate concepts. But you know, oh, soon that's kind of be... funny. Yeah, because then the Legion gets him out, don't they? Yeah, and I think uh, three hundred is where he like joins, but he has to go back in the zone. And yeah, it will I think three hundred five. He joins. When Lightning Lad dies as well, doesn't he come out briefly? She gives him like some sort of temporary serum from memory? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. But anyway. He's the one that warns Lightning Lad that Saturn Girl is crazy or trying yeah. to save people or whatever. Um, then Gasp, it isn't a viewer. It's a device that would have opened the Phantom Zone and enabled these villains to come out and try to destroy me. Um, some pretty bad lettering there where actually the lettering is going over his cape. So it's it, mm. you know it's like that wasn't someone's best day as a letter there. It looks like they had too many words. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and then it's Plan A failed. Quick, we'll use Plan B. This is the Legion talking, um, and then they zap him with the Kryptonite rays, which would think would um, have been probably a better idea to start off with because you know he can't really do much with them. Um, yeah. What? Why? What are you doing? You're my friends. That's what you think. <laughs> And then, Cosmic Boy, we've always secretly hated you because you're more powerful than us. But that won't be true when you're dead. That <laughs> <laughs> adds up. Yeah, thanks, Cosmic Boy. Um, yeah, and then uh, he whistles to get the Superboy robots. So don't you love the way that Superboy, by this point, has pretty much everything Superman has as well? Like, including the robots? Like, yeah, like it's all he kind of stalls out after he turns like 12 years old, you know. <laughs> the, the only thing he's missing is a Fortress of Solitude, he might even have one. Um, and then we find out though, I kind of quite like these brain things that, um, the brain glows of Rambat. Um, what did you think of these ones, Adam? It's a pretty cool design, actually. It so. almost looks like more modern than yeah. what I would think this comic was, right. Yeah, I, I thought so. They're, they're a bit sort of, um, yeah, they're, they're they're quite sort of omnibus and you know ominous, and there's just a bit going on there and how they've affected them and everything. Uh, Crypto realizes the globes are Superboy's em enemies. Look, the globes are scattering as though in panic. What are the globes thinking? For some unknown reason, they can't control the minds of the super animals because they've been controlling, obviously, the Legion, which explains why they're so nasty. But I like the way that they can think between themselves. Um, and then when they're concentrating on uh, Superboy and then on Crypto, it actually gives them mind back to the Legion. Um, but unfortunately, Crypto Choke has been outwitted by the, by the, um, the, by the brain things. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor old Crypto. Uh, the globes can't dominate the minds of super animals, correct? Into the time sphere. I've got a great idea, says Southern Girl. Um, and I love this part. They go to four simultaneous... They go to places where there are four simultaneous super animals. So they go to Streaky, the super cat, pet of Supergirl. They commanded to enter. And <laughs> she's a very obedient cat. She's like, I sense she's a friend. I'll obey gladly. That's not normally a yeah. cat thing to do. Uh, yeah, normally cats are like, I sense he's a friend. I'm going to like... Piss Shit off. in his coffee. <laughs> yeah. I like Chuckle. There's Super Monkey who stowed away in a rocket ship which brought Super Baby to Earth from Krypton. 
and he's he's just like fucking around, like imitating a spinning <laughs> creature. <laughs> and, yeah, he just hangs out in space. Yeah, he's just doing his own thing. He's actually got a little Superman suit on as well, which is kind of cool. Um, I mentally command you to enter the ship, Super Monkey, and he's like, "Yeep, me like her." <laughs> he just goes in. And this is my favorite one. A telescopic viewer shows Supergirl leaving her pet super horse at its corral on asteroid Z, following one of her missions in space. Yes, readers, this is a preview glimpse of a super pet Supergirl will own someday in the future. So she doesn't even have it yet in the regular comics, but they're just like, fuck it, we're going to give it to her right now. <laughs> yeah, like we need, we need one more pet. <laughs> we need one more pet, and she's not even named... Um, but then they, they all come out. I love on this. And then say, Crypto, I want to get it on this too. <laughs> like, Crypto's like, yes, a Super Pets uh, adventure. I want, I want in on this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then Lightning Lad rides him into action. Yeah, he rides Crypto. Um, and, uh, Saturn Girls on, on Super Horse. And I noticed they don't, the, the flight rings aren't a thing yet because I noticed Cosmic Poi's got the rocket pack. Yeah, so they had the rocket pack for a few years, and then they go to flight belts, actually, and then oh. eventually they go to the rings. I love this. This is easily one of my favorite issues of all time. Like, they're, they're going at them, <laughs> lighting lad, go get it, Crypto. <laughs> like, they're just loving it. Like, he's like, he's like, they're just like <laughs> running on them. Like, Super Monkey's like just copying Crypto. Um, and actually, uh, what Streaky's actually got heat vision. Does Crypto, Crypto's got heat vision too, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, of course he does. And um, and meanwhile, um, I like it when Santa goes, nice going, super horse. Your foe doesn't enjoy being lightly butted by your invulnerable head. She's like, lightly. He's just like pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, what was the point? Why can't they just say that he like smashed into it? Yeah, it's great though. So they're basically, um, this is easily one of my best issues. Like, so they... Um, they succeed. The super pets. What I love about this is the super pets are the saviors. Okay, and then um, we, we sort of like you see super go, super boys beginning to stir. Super monkeys like me. Remember him? Him was super baby when we met him. That's probably because they did a lot of adventures. Didn't they have like super toddler and stuff? We we've, yeah, we've uh-huh. seen that before. Like to me, that's where they were really stretching the concept pretty thin, personally. Like, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're streaky. I like Superboy. Uh, we officially named the Legion of Super Pets an animal branch of our super club. And Crypto's just like, what an honor. And, and <laughs> Streaky G. <laughs> like, this is great. It's, 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 this is pretty much my perfect issue. And then at the end, since I'm not needed here anymore, I'll take off. Crypto just flies off through his own thing. And um, yeah, it's pretty much it. Like, uh, there's a bit at the end where Superboy goes and does something or other. Uh, just to sort of wrap the story up, almost to give him something to do, really, because um, there's there's a few problems with the gravity. He blows the world he, he back into its proper orbit. That's what he does, actually. Oh yeah, I'm um, blowing Earth back into its proper orbit. Now calendars and clocks won't be incorrect, which is like, yes, thank you. It's just a weird thing to add. Very to it. powerful power, though. That's just one panel, but it just demonstrates just how powerful Superboy and Superman were back in the day. You know. Uh, yeah, definitely Silver Age stuff is, you know, because I remember in the uh, Grant Morrison uh, JLA, I think Superman like moves the Earth when he has the electric powers. Right. And then it was like, this is a big deal. But here it's just like, oh, it's yeah. a little bit of cold breath. Yeah, it's just a bit of cold <laughs> breath. Um, and um, yeah, I-, I loved it. And then they say at the end, um, 
uh, you can learn how because he doesn't know how the brain globes were vanquished because as you said they didn't want him to find out that Supergirl had a super horse or something like and uh, and didn't want him to know that Supergirl was a thing because he hasn't met her yet. Yeah, he's worried about knowing too much about his future. And then, the, but I love that the part Kent's like by traveling, you, you can learn how the brain globes were vanquished. Some by traveling into the past or, or by overtaking light rays from Earth in space. And he's as so I was like, he, you can do it, Superboy, because you do it all the fucking time. You're going back in time, <laughs> and he's like, true, yeah. but I won't. There must be a very good reason why Saturn Girl wouldn't tell me. It's like there's a reason. I don't know if I'd call it very good, but um, yeah. It's just, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, are they just trying to fill panels here? <laughs> yeah, or I, is think, it I get that. Like... It's almost like they needed a last page, so they gave him that little thing to do. Like, they was okay, yeah. well, we'll just whip up, um, we'll whip up. But what's, what, what I think is fascinating is, though, I think this is a very good issue, and it's pretty action-packed and story-filled, um, and they crammed a lot of information into the... It's kind of funny that they needed a page filler at the end because... There was so much action and story inside the the twenty odd pages, or you know, already however many pages there were, maybe it was thirty pages, thirty six. Um, however many pages this was, I'm not one hundred percent sure what what page because I've got a page count here on my thing. I think fourteen. Well, they crammed a lot of story into fourteen pages. I, I I've got to be honest, yeah. this, this is I'm giving it nine point five out of ten. I loved it. That was great. <laughs> I'm happy that you liked it, man. I know how much you love the pets. I'll probably give it like a seven. You know, it was a good one. Good one. But, uh, you know, probably not one of my favorites. For me, I like going, you know me, I like going back to the source and to see the Legion Super Pets created and Crypto having such a prominent role. It was always going to get a high score from me. Um, you know, <laughs> good stuff. So yeah, that man, was... I'm happy. Uh, we'll have to do more Super Pets in the future. Yeah, if only there was more. You know what I mean? Like a lot more. Um, I'm particularly yeah. I'm particularly fond of Crypto. He's my favorite, but I do like it when all the pets come together. Um, you yeah, know. Uh, soon enough, uh, Prody joins too, and yes. that's about the standard lineup. Remember when Prody 2 has all the attitude about... Uh, yeah, he's like, not a super pet anymore. Yeah, it's like, fuck you. Like, Crypto might have something to say about that. Crypto was proud to be a Legion Super Pets. He was <laughs> thrilled, actually. What an honor. Yeah, what an honor. And even Streaky was like, gee. <laughs> like, now, the next one was a good story as well, I, which I really enjoyed. Um, we've encountered the Legion of Substitute Heroes in our readings. You know, they've, they've definitely come across some of our readings so far. And this is, I believe, the origin of the entire Legion of Substitute Heroes. Yeah, so this is actually one, um, when you picked the Super Pets one, I was like, well, I'm going to throw in the subs, because I like the subs. Oh, so this was your own pick, was it? <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed nobody picked it, so I was like, whatever, yeah, I'm going to do good, it. good issue, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, do you want to take us through this one? Because I was very excited by the yeah. Super Pets. You know. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, yeah, like I've said before, the Super or Substitute Heroes are some of my favorite like concept with the Legion. I just think it's kind of goofy and fun. Um, so we see Breck Bannon uh, arriving on Earth. Uh, that's Polar Boy yeah. for the uninitiated. Uh, and we see that he came from the planet Thar, and he's going to go to the Legion of Superheroes to apply. Uh, he goes to the Avenue of the Superheroes, the greatest heroes of the universe. Their statues have been put up by a grateful world. So that would be pretty cool. It's kind um, of like Hero, Heroes Avenue, isn't it? Like, it's just all of them massive statues of them it's pretty cool actually 
Yeah, and I feel like at the time, Sunboy must have been like popular because I feel like he gets a lot of uh, focus in these does, around yeah. this era. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in his prime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he goes in to apply. We see a, a line of uh, applicants. That's another one of my favorite things is having Legion applicants. Yes. Um, here we have Polar Boy, Night Girl, and Chlorophyll Kid are all lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Polar Boy goes in to apply, and he makes it super cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, he developed the power because on their planet it's very hot, so they have the ability to make things super cold. Yes. Big red sun there would be troubling for Superboy or Superman on that on that planet, it looks like. Pretty oh, yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't have his powers under the red sun, does he? There's a storyline for free, DC. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Superboy gets cold powers. <laughs> um, let's see. So he says, yeah, my power of cold will enable me to enter the Legion. But they say, please turn off your power. I'm half frozen. They've got blankets and, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, later on they kind of make it sound more like Polar Boy couldn't control his power. But here I get more of the feeling that they just think that it could cause issues for the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, it might be It's disciples. not like he's like. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's like, you know, he's just trying to demonstrate his powers here. He's not trying to, like, target them, which maybe he took the wrong approach. Um, He he, gets rejected, and Sunboy gives him a... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, he should have been a bit more sort of specific and dial it down to, you know, one thing. It just seems like he just blazed and just tried to make the whole environment cold. Which, you know, I guess if Sunboy did that or something, that would be pretty bad because you'd be catching everybody's hair on fire. So I guess, you know, can't have double standards. Um, so he hands, uh, Polar Boy a flight belt that they give to all rejectees, which I always thought was kind of funny. Mm. Um, anybody that gets rejected gets a flight belt. Yep. As a consolation. They're literally like, as a consolation prize. Yeah. <laughs> I don't He's just like all sad. How about yeah. the panel where it's got rejected, rejected, rejected? Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> like they're like chanting it as he's <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's meant to be his mental state, but it does seem as if like, oh, it, right. yeah. it does seem as if they are chanting it. It's kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, out there at the Avenue of Heroes and he's all remorseful. And it seems like Cosmic Boy's statue is maybe turning the other way because it looks like now there's a statue over to the statue's left. So I just thought that was interesting. Maybe they turn. <laughs> um, so we see Night Girl approaches uh, Polar Boy. Mm, yes. She says, I know how you must feel. And he says, how could you know how I feel? Nobody can. Mm. I was like, well, you just went to the tryout, so I yes. feel like they probably would. Yeah, it's quite possible um, that someone else could have been rejected before Polar Boy. Yeah, she was standing right behind you. <laughs> But she says, I do understand. You see, I'm Nightcrawl, and I came to Earth to join the Legion, but I was rejected even though I have super strength. I'll show you. And she picks it up, but she reveals that she only has her powers during, uh, you know, night or simulated or, you know, heavy darkness. Which I thought was uh, interesting. You know, that's an interesting kind of, like, inner power. Uh, it's not that helpful. They've already got quite a bit of super strength in their team, you know. Uh, they've already yeah, got, like, Superboy, it, it's like, on L, mm-hmm. you know. But it is an interesting and, power, nonetheless. Yeah, and a lot of people always say, why don't they team her up with uh, Shadow Girl? But, of course, Shadow Girl wasn't a member yet. But um, I think later on they kind of do team up Shadow Girl and Night Girl. Yeah, that would be That cool. way Shadow Girl was a little more effective. Yeah, well, it kind of gives them both something to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Night Girl was given powers by her father. 
and she didn't realize that she didn't have them all the time until she left her planet. Um, meanwhile, three more losers are kind of rounded up by Night Girl, and we got Stone Boy, hmm. who's developed the power to um, turn to stone. Yeah, he turns to stone because their nights on their planet are half a year long. Look at Chlorophyll Boy, whatever his name is. He's got a tree on his chest. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. Uh, pretty sad. <laughs> he's probably one of the lamer ones. I mean, Stone Boy's pretty useless, but Chlorophyll Kid can grow plants, and then Sun Boy or Fire Boy has like fire powers. But he, uh, um, you know, what's interesting is they have Fire Boy's or Fire Lad's origin, and he's already wearing that costume and has like that fire hair before he even inhales the vapors. Yes, that is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of funny. They could just put him instantly in clothes. It's cool, but he's got got the powers of like a dragon. He can like literally blow fire. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, makes him kind of useless that he can't. I don't think control them very well. And then also, he, uh, you know, we have Sun Boy, right? Yeah, he might cause accidental holocausts. That's what they tell me. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny too. <laughs> Yeah, and then Chlorophyll Kid, he, he stumbled into some chemicals as a kid, and he got plant powers. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, they decided to team up, and they're going to be the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Uh, they're going to be pinch hitters for the superheroes and help them in any way we can. Yep, good idea. And they, and they get themselves a little base. Um, they really are kind of the junior team, aren't they? They're, everything they have is a bit more shit than the actual <laughs> Legion. like. Um, yeah, they call out a mountain. So they call out a mountain, but they're also afflicted by like massive self doubt and like just enormous amounts of self doubt about are they worth it? You know, uh, they have problems even like um, I, I can't help feeling we're just imitating the real Legion, which is true. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Polar Boy is kind of the one leading them. He yes. says, you know, I mustn't let them lose confidence. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, yeah, so uh, we see that they go to help out the Legionnaires, but the Legionnaires kind of have the issue underhand, uh, wrangling up some creatures. Um, and then again, they go off. Uh, there's some kind of like bottle city flying through space, and they're going to help out with that. But then Sunboy takes care of it. Yep. And they're not needed again. I do like the Bottle um, City, though. That's very much a standard of the time period, isn't it? They, they were big fans of Bottle Cities and stuff and, like, domed cities and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they like to just glass and yeah. over cities. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're going to help them out one more time with this final one. But the Legionnaires say they, don't, they aren't needed. Um, but there's a bunch of seeds that come down to the uh, Earth and they're from... I've got a question. Why does Brainiac... Yeah. Is it Brainiac who looks kind of blue, not green? Yeah, I think probably just a color. Not even maybe a coloring error, but a printing error. Right, okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's see. I mean, he's probably a pretty new character at this point, too, so it could be just they forgot. This was know. an interesting storyline, though, about these plant people and how the plant people had all these spores that were being sent to the planet, and really the diversion was what was occupying the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, and uh, it kind of made Chlorophyll Kid useful because he was able to grow them and see that they turned into these creatures. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they end up... They go to the planet, know, I believe, don't they? Yeah, they go to the planet and they kind of end up taking lead on 
like destroying the seeds, I guess. Yes, definitely. And Sun and Stone Boy um, kind of distracts him, like hitting him with all the fucking spanners and sticks and stuff. <laughs> but but he does say that the the guns will um, the ray weapons will actually destroy him, which is interesting. Oh yeah, it is interesting. I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah so he's definitely vulnerable. You know, he's just stone, but uh, he can be hurt. Yeah. Um, now, no, say it's like Pharaoh Lad who turns to iron. Yeah, and th- so they res- rescue them, um, and they're like, "Do you still think we should disband?" And, and Nicole's like, "No, we proved ourselves." And the funny part is, the Legion of Superheroes destroyed the robot ships, and everyone—they're literally doing like a parade for them. Um, and mm-hmm, so yeah. no one realizes the Legion of Substitute Heroes actually solved, including the Legion of Superheroes, don't realize the Substitute Heroes actually solved the real problem. Yeah, they kind of keep themselves a secret from the the legionnaires for whatever reason. Yeah, um, I guess just not to hog it on their glory. But you know, they're pretty admirable, right? They get rejected because they're not all that. But oh, yeah. um, you know, they take on threats, and none of these guys ever really apply again. There is one point where the legion of superheroes are like, "Yeah, we'll let one of you guys in." Um, but you know. Uh, for the most part, they're not like the ones that are coming back to try to like audition again and again. They're like, and they made their own role. I mean, way. they were in the um, the Jeff Johns one, weren't they? They at one point the substitute heroes. You know, where they went to the uh, uh, Superboy went to the future. Um, yeah. So at that point, Night Girl and Polar Boy were members already, but I think the other three were still in the subs. Um, uh, yeah, I thought that was a really fun story. I thought it was really good. Cool. Um, I mean, I'd give this yeah, story a seven and a half out of ten. Ahead. I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very solid, um, nice. and also very interesting to see the origin of the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And as you say, yeah, very admirable, good characters, uh, kind of like the B or C Squad, and um, yeah, kind of like you know the minor leagues team that kind of almost could play in the major leagues for a couple of games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would give it an eight. Um... I will say, I think at some point, there's like three different issues where Keith Giffen kind of gets a hold of them, and mm. they're a little more like fun and stupid. Um, so I think we should probably check those out at some point. I 100%. always enjoyed those. Yeah, definitely. Always, always available for Keith Giffen uh, on Legion yeah, Always good time. Except when he went to five years later and just messed with my own mind. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Thanks, Keith. Um, I'm really looking forward to some of those storylines that we've picked for this episode, though, because it just reminded me that we've still got Demetrius on approach. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And you can guide me through whatever the fuck was happening in that issue. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we had a lot of suggestions your, that was, for that one. I that think people your, were playing yeah. a little prank on us. I think so. So th- this was that was your pick. So the next one is so you gave it an eight. I gave it seven and a half. So very close scores, and it was definitely yeah. a very good issue. Uh, the next one is Adventure Comics 308. So, again, is this early 60s? Because this is the return of Lightning Lad. Um, yeah, we're probably getting closer to the uh, mid-60s, maybe like 64. So, by this time, Marvel's yeah, well, really 63. in full swing across the street. Marvel's definitely in full swing. Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, yep. kind of Stan Lee's kind of dominating. Um, so, I, I really think, in reading these, that these... Uh, I don't mean this to sound like sacrilege, but I, I do think Legion of Superheroes was definitely uh, a worthy competitor to what was probably happening at Marvel, you know, in terms of, like, characterization, uh, fast-moving stories, 
it just feels like they're a bit, you know, it feels like they're probably influenced a little bit by by what's happening over at Marvel. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, and then it, you have full fledged more with like the gym shooter stuff, but yeah, definitely. I think, I um, something that, I'll say about this one and the last one though is yeah. I like it better when the Legion are on the cover. It's yes. kind of a missed opportunity when they're not. I feel. Yeah, who's on the cover of this one? Because they do have the Superboy. Yeah, I, I struggle with just. It's sort of sad for me because you know I do like Superboy, but I I do struggle with the storyline sometimes from the Solar Superboy stuff. I found with this read because we had so many to do that I was just reading the Legion stuff. I wasn't reading the Solar Superboy as well. Yeah, same. Yeah, and that was partly because we had a lot of reading to do. Um, now, who recommended this one? Uh, I think this one was Tom Burkert, who is uh, pretty heavily involved with like the fandom going way back to oh. when uh, Adventure Comics was first cancelled, I believe he told me. Really? Wow. So yeah. what, back in, mm-hmm. when When was that? Like back in the 70s or something? Uh, I think it would be late 60s. Cool. So he's been around since then. Yeah, he's been around. Wow, what an honor to have him on. Welcome, welcome to Legion Outpost. Uh, I, yeah, I hope I we I, could I mean, uh, give him credit for helping keep the Legion around, you know, with the, the, the uh, letter writing campaigns. Well, wow, wait, the letter writing campaigns. Back in the old days, where you couldn't just slam off a tweet or an email. You know, you had to, <laughs> yeah. like, you could buy a postage stamp, go down to the post office back in the 60s, I imagine, put it in, wait for a reply, you maybe get your <laughs> name mentioned. Like, it's a whole procedure, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, but yeah, now there's certain individuals, I guess, that um, you know, got their names in a lot of comic books. And Paul Levitz was was he came from the fan culture, didn't he? Originally, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. I yeah, this before. I think so. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of his generation, they were all kind of like the second generation where they grew up reading. I guess like Lynn Ween and uh, mm. I don't know Roy Thomas, all yeah. kind of fit that camp, don't they? How close are we getting maybe? Maybe? Paul Levitz on the Legion Outpost? Have you made any progress on that? No, I haven't made any progress on that. Um, <laughs> we should reach out. <laughs> yeah, we should. We definitely should. Yeah. I mean, the guys, you know, I'm probably, probably sitting at home waiting for a call from, from Legion Outpost, you know. Probably, <laughs> I don't probably, know what else he would be doing. He's probably he's counting cash, counting his cash, like, you know, just <laughs> piles of money around him. Like, um, okay, so, all right, so this is this is Tom's suggestion, uh, Adventure Comics 308. Uh, it is the Return of Lightning Lad, which was an interesting storyline. Um, the conceit of this story, I've got to say, I really like the artwork on like the creatures and stuff, like the first creature, like the monster they're fighting. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, and Lightning Lad is just literally standing like about a meter before this creature with both his arms out, and Bouncing Boy's like, "Use your superpower of lightning to stun that charging beast." And who's thinking? Who is that? Um, they don't, uh, suspect, they don't suspect the lightning, even though he's come back to life, has no longer any superpower. Is that Sunboy, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and basically they're saluting... It flashbacks a day before. Um, they're saluting the Legion flag. Uh, how sad the lightning lad died before he could see our flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that he really missed out on. <laughs> yeah. Like, saluting their own flag, I love it. It's very patriotic of them. Um, <laughs> and uh, Monel, uh, something else saying, Monel and I are leaving to investigate a world that wants to help against destructive space fungus. But you who stay, will you drape one of our new flags over Lightning Lad's coffin as we planned? And they're like, yes. 
Um, now, I believe they go in to drape the flag, and his body's entombed, but it's not decaying, Adam, I noticed. Yeah, so I don't know if this is supposed to be like, yeah, even then you would think he'd be decayed, but um, yeah, well, they must have a really good like embalming procedure in the 30th century. Yes, and but when they're there, they notice that he's, his hand's moving, and then um, he just wakes up. What happened? Where am I? The constant electric bolts above his coffin must have somehow revived him from death-like coma. Uh, so it's like, it's either dead or you're in a coma. You can't death-like coma or you're dead. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. So it's like, wait, did you guys know he was in a coma this whole time? Because I thought you thought he was dead. Yeah, but no, he, said I don't he know. was dead, but now suddenly it's a coma. Uh, into which the freezing ray threw him. So blah blah blah. All I remember is a terrible freezing pain, then darkness, and then I became conscious again. My mind is still dazed. What struck me here is this is quite deep cover from the eventual reveal. Like, the person who's doing all this, they're really committing to their whole storyline, you know, about being amnesiac and stuff. Like, um, yeah, sure. yeah, it's it, it's kind of odd. Um, oh, notice Supergirl there in the background, who yes. I don't think really plays much of a role in this story, no, but she doesn't. She's just, just always kind of notable when she pops in. The maid of might. We're streaky, mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. Unfortunately. No streaky. Um, and uh, so Cosmic Boy is kind of doing a bit of a side eye there, talking to Sunboy. If his memory has been affected, his superpower may also have been affected by his death like experience. He may have lost his power. They're really obsessed with the fact that he's lost his power, even though they're not sure. Yeah, and they always, they never seem to be concerned. It's always more like. Yeah. Uh, it's more like hazing. It always comes off as hazing or something rather than yeah. concern. Well, they almost want to catch him out. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, it's kind like of he's like, trying to get away with something. Yeah, exactly. He's just come back from the dead. The dead. He's amnesiac, <laughs> and they're sort of like, well, "Fuck it, we're not going to like spell out our concerns to him. We're going to kind of do these really sophisticated <laughs> like fucking trials." Um, yeah, like he's your best friend. Uh, let's calm down. But I do like. The oh, we we also see his origin, which I thought was cool, and we see, funnily enough, it was good to read this origin of Lightning Lad with the Lightning Beasts, and then later on in in our readings, um, we see again the origin with very similar beasts in in the oh yeah, in yeah. the reboot stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So we see we see that. Um, do you want to take us through this, Adam? Because I'm just I'm just struggling to catch up yeah. to where we are, but basically. Uh, yeah, you you go ahead from from the lining base. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we're about on page four. Um, they're going to do different tests. I did think this was interesting. On page four, he says, "Your revival sure is timely. This scientist, John R. Cole, needs tremendous electric energy for an experiment." I was like, "Why did you need to give him a name? Like, <laughs> we're never going to see this guy again." Yeah. I anyway. Don't like it anyway, but they do. They they enjoy yeah. they enjoy their names I think in the DC comics in this era they're very into yeah. the naming of people. Um, it might be like a reference to like a, a letter or something too. Yes. But um, we see that they mention that all Legionnaires own anti gravity belts, so mm. they all have anti gravity belts now. Mm. Um, and Sunboy's kind of covering for Lightning Lad rather than Lightning Lad actually doing yes. stuff with his powers. Yes, the sudden thunderstorm and the lightning that comes yeah. from the thunderstorm. But I noticed that um, Cosmic Boy, he's like, I wonder that sudden thunderstorm could it be creating those bolts. I think we'll test Lightning Lad's power further. So he's he's not convinced. 
Um, yeah, and you know, meanwhile, Sunboy also assumes that his powers are gone, and nobody actually has any reason to think that his powers are gone. No, so they're just, they're it's just, just interesting. Kind of, they've kind of convinced themselves, I think, is what's happened. I quite like this one though. the The next page, the commissioner of the science police is a worried man. Uh, he's talking about the Thieves Planet. That's a refuge for criminals from all planets of the universe. Um, and he, they've got the star chart out. I love the old-fashioned star chart with like all the different planets and stuff. And, and um, they point out where it's going to be. They they go to them. They they crash through like sort of like a a force field or an invisibility barrier, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then yeah, it's it, it's kind of cool. Um, we see again the he can't emit lightning. I've got a cover for him. This is some boy. I'll radiate a shaft of heat and light at the cliff behind him, and I'll reflect it as as though we, he were doing that. Um, and Chameleon Boy's like, "Great, lightning lad, your bolt knocked out of control. Now we can capture them when we land." Hmm, lightning lad could be wielding lightning, but I'm not sure. That shaft of brilliance looks odd to me. It's so there's still a lot of um, there's still a lot of suspicion, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the ship crash lands, and the Legionnaires go in there and see a bunch of like animals that were captured, including uh, Prody, the yes. first Prody. Yes. Uh, so he yeah, hadn't and... been around because, right? This is before the actual proper resurrection, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because Prody's the one that actually sacrifices himself. Yeah. I, I guess you already knew that, right? Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. There's that great line in the in the super book. Man, uh, Legion one with Jeff Johns, where they're like, "No Prody to take the hit for us this time." Or if you remember that line, oh yeah, right, that was a uh-huh. good line. Um, yeah, so some cool creatures, the three-headed uh, aliens, kind of a cool sort of um, the the Siren Phantom Beast and Prody, as you say. And so they're going down to the Thieves Planet to disguise themselves. I quite like the rocket ship design on, on page seven, uh, the green rocket ship. Uh huh. Yeah, I think it's got a. It's got a skull and crossbones on it. I think it does. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's a cool design. I like I like that kind of classic uh, retro sci-fi design. And mm-hmm. uh, they like get, Buck Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they get down there and there's some pretty funny like the pyramid men. Which look almost like, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird design. Almost look like clan members. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I thought they looked. Uh, they just looked like kind of abstract art. But yeah, I can see that yeah. now. Um, and uh, I belong to the ant race of Canopsis. What will you offer me for the element tree I stole? <laughs> and then the, the guard comes out. Um, I do not recognize you, strangers. Who are you? And we're pirates. We looted different worlds of their rare animals and have sought refuge here. Then you must report to the master of this world, uh, which is kind of convenient. Um, so they go to see the master of the thieves' planet, who's kind of this cool kind of like ball of energy with these kind of scribbles across him. Um, it's kind of an interesting design, I thought. Almost like, um, I guess, like it's the nucleus and it's got like, uh, I guess yes. would it be like electrons and Yes, exactly. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, very similar to what it's like. And um, he can read their minds, I think, can't he? Yeah, he can read their minds and he knows they're members of the Legion. Because it's not like the Legionnaires actually try to disguise themselves. They're in their official uniforms as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is kind of funny now that you mention that, yeah. Yeah, like, they're not, there's no attempt to disguise themselves. And, and uh, am I correct? Is Brainiac there? Because if you look on, if you look on page, on the same page mm. as the Nucleus, down in the bottom left, it looks like Brainiac's there behind some boy. 
Yeah, and then he kind of they kind of forget about him for a few panels or a few pages, and then he's back. And yeah, well, yeah, he, is. He's, he doesn't say anything though, does he? No, not really. No, he's just kind of. It's funny because Brainiac, you know, in more recent, you know, not even more recent, but like for decades, it's one of the more, you know, voluble members of the Legion. He's always got something to say. Whereas in yeah, like nowadays, if you wrote the same scene, it would be like Brainiac Five. Hey, you guys, stay back. I'm gonna talk to these guys. And yeah, exactly. Like yada yada. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, He's all over it. But anyway, that that's interesting. Um, yeah, here they're all, I kind of feel like, written interchangeably for the most part, yes. which is kind of funny, but, you know, yeah, it's it's fun. Well, like Bouncing Boy, you know, who has such personality, doesn't really get a chance to shine in this issue either. He's there, <laughs> technically there, but he doesn't really have hardly any speaking lines. Yeah, um, when I go through, I'll, like, take notes on him, uh, and usually it's, like... Nothing really notable happens for most of the characters in these issues, except for maybe like one. Yeah, so they're all kind of like interchangeable. Yeah. Okay. So, which is definitely a um, convention of the time period, um, especially for DC. And I think Legion yeah, is sure. less guilty of it than, say, JLA. I think Legion in general tries a bit harder to differentiate characters, but they do the thing I think where they just pick one character to flesh out and give lines to. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Anyway, that's um, interesting. So, as far as the Justice League comparison, yeah. Yeah, I know you're not you're not too hot on the old JLA in the sixties, <laughs> are you? you know. Oh, sure not. Not till um, not till Giffen and Demetrius. Yeah, because I've mentioned before, good old Gardener, and you're just like, no thanks. Oh man, it's just <laughs> yeah, it makes me want to just take a nap. <laughs> um, so what happens is they're imprisoned. Um, it's kind of funny that some boy tries to like get out, and they're like, and Bouncy Boy says, "Turn off your heat, some boy. It's being reflected back from the jewel walls, and you'll burn. You'll burn up before the walls built. Maybe Lightning Lad can blast away through the walls with his bolts, and then it, it all comes out. No, his bolts will be reflected back on us." Cosmic Boy's like, perhaps so, but I think the real reason you object is the Lightning Lad has no power, superpower now. In fact, you've been hiding. And so he's just, <laughs> Cosmic Boy, like, suddenly is almost like the prosecutor at a trial. Um, like, does it matter right now? Like, <laughs> if he doesn't? I know, but, like, he just likes to be right. Um, <laughs> and there's kind of a funny moment here where they get Prody to be a gun. Which I thought mm -hmm. I like this guy. He's like, "How could you get a ray gun? It's fantastic!" But I'll do as you say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's almost like it's like <laughs> nowadays you say fantastic. It's like, oh, it's a great thing. Yeah, but here it's like, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, something. it's incredible. <laughs> but even to say it's incredible, like it's incredible, it's barely believable. Yeah. But I'll do as you say. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of funny. So they they get out, they bust out of jail. Um, and we've got we've got to find and overpower the master. You stay back, lightning lad. That's an order. Um, and then finally, bouncing boy get does get. I didn't even realize bouncing boy was there until he finally gets a, a panel where he's bouncing. Look at them run. I guess they've never seen super bouncing before. Um, yeah. and Prody makes a scary ray gun again, even if I can't fire him. He just like scream and look behind behind chameleon boy. You see one of those like crazy creatures like running away. The, the, yeah, yeah, that was actually the first time I really noticed how like goofy they looked. <laughs> Super goofy. Um, I love it. Um, 
And, yeah, and then Lightning Lad does actually use his power. Why? He does have a terrific Lightning power and he's using it. I can't understand it. On the nucleus thing, um, those awful bolts, they're short-circuiting electric currents in my mind. That Lightning Lad took me by surprise. I had read into his friend's minds that he had no powers. Uh, so then it's it, it's kind of revealed, um, and this baffled me, that it was a, a girl all, all along. It wasn't a Lightning Lad. It was a girl double who I believe is his sister who was with him on the planet, yeah? Yeah, we find out that his sister was there and this is Lightning Lass, who you know we've read about a lot. Yes, and then... But here's my question. When they were drawing Lightning Lad, was it drawn so that it could have been either boy or girl? Like, I'm just trying to look at the artwork because maybe they were drawing it so that you couldn't really tell. You know, like, I don't know. It's I mean, her, uh, I guess I don't know what you mean. Like, like you know, her, her body, like her breasts and everything. Like, oh, were, were, they yeah, draw, were, yeah. were they drawing it? I'm just trying to, I'm looking at the pictures to see if there's, you know, like, you kind of can't really tell, I guess. And maybe that was an artistic decision. Like, um, I don't know. Anyway, it, it's just it looks like she definitely like stuffed her like yeah shirt or something like you see even see there on page um I guess it would be page nine. Mm. Sunboy actually has like his hand on Lightning Lad's chest, which you know would be oh, kind of yeah. inappropriate if it was a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was just it was yeah good 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 point. No, I just I thought it was interesting. And to be honest, even though I I sort of when I read it, I wasn't sure what was going on because I, I hadn't read this issue before. But then I was like, oh cool, because that does bring lightning glass into the picture. Um, and so lightning lad at this point hasn't been resurrected, as you say. That takes Prody. Um, but they are sort of building to it, aren't they? Really, like. Yeah, they kind of keep hinting at it, and I think it's like within like six issues. <laughs> I think it's three fourteen where they finally bring him back. But yeah, now we have Lightning Lass, and so they bring Lightning Lad back, and they both have the same powers. Well, I mean, I'd give this issue an eight. I think it was very solid. I enjoyed the Thieves World especially. Um, yeah, a, a very enjoyable uh, issue of of, of 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 comics, and a nice little reveal at the end. And I always like to put myself in the mind of the reader back then, you know, because back then it didn't have the same amount of law they have now. Like, it's different for us. We're reading it with, like, decades upon decades upon decades of stories afterwards. So going back Yeah, to it's this, interesting yeah. reading it uh, with knowing the fact that this will be an enduring member of the team. Yeah, I, I, a good introduction. I liked at the end how you had all the different girl members of the Legion kind of almost having a bit of a tea party or something, like, you know, walking... <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah you have a lot of that where it's like, yeah, there's the girl legionnaires. You can welcome the new girl, but anyway, um, I'll, I'll give it like a seven and a half. I thought it was a pretty fun issue. Yeah, good issue. Um, now the next one, I mean, I was saying th this two-parter, I think, is some of the strongest comics of this era that I've read from DC. I think this Mordru yeah. issue, uh, and it's two-parter, is could easily be a, converted into a really good movie. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. You could you could throw in more stuff. Don't get me wrong. You could just use it as a template, the concept. But like, who suggested this two parter? Was this was this you know me? Was this unanimous? I mean, what was happening? Uh, I was just looking at that. Um, but yeah, I guess while I'm looking, what I was going to say was uh, what you said about a movie was a good idea, or like um, 
the they had the Legion of Superheroes cartoon show. Mm. This would have been a good like two parter. Um, in this sense, you remember how the the Justice League show used to always have two parters? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, it would have, uh, would have been a great idea. Steve yeah. Saffron suggested this one. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, I myself was also also promoting this issue because I read this recently, just before we did this. So it was a pleasure to reread it. And now we jump forward in time. I believe it's nineteen sixty eight from one of the yeah one of the advertisements uh, that starts off. This one has an advertisement for yep. Flash. And um, pretty cool picture of um, someone fighting Flash, like a samurai kind of picture. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, the Flash versus the fastest sword of the in the East. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and in like 1968. And I've got to say, from the very first image uh, where it's got cringe legionnaires, tremble, flee, hide, you can never escape from Mordred the Merciless. Fantastic artwork. I was hooked straight away. Yeah, it's not something that you normally see in these kind of like Silver Age or uh, I think this is Kurt Swan. So it's not something you see, I feel like, as much from Swan where he'll do something like that where it almost looks like it could be a photo because there's that much detail. Um, I love it. And then, yeah, this, of course, is the first appearance of Mordru. So we're hitting a lot of firsts these, uh, this episode. Yeah. And Mordru, one of the sort of like, you know, big Legionnaire villains, yeah? Yeah, so between him and the Time Trapper, I would say, are the number one. Like, at this point in going forward, I'd say it's Mordru, but then later on, Time Trapper, I think, kind of overtakes him. Okay, and you said that Mordru, I've not got up to it, in JSA, Jeff Johns brought Mordru into the Justice Society? I think someone said that? Uh, well, actually, it would have been the James Robinson stuff where he first showed up. He's actually in that first arc of JSA. Oh, okay. Um, Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he's kind of in it throughout. Uh, he's always in the Dr. Fate's amulet. Um, uh, yeah. Right. So Interesting. Um, okay, yeah. so I love... Oh, and this is uh, Jim Shooter we should mention. I, we didn't mention the creative teams on the other ones, but I'm not backtracking now. But this is oh. Jim Shooter and Kurt Swan with an, a Neil Adams cover, I think. Pretty powerful team up, you know? Jim Shooter cooking back in those days, and uh, what was he, yeah. age fucking 13, 14? <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so and, yeah, this yeah. is probably like the second biggest one that he did back then. I'd say the first big one is the first Fatal Five story, mm-hmm. which I actually like a little bit better than this one. But yeah, this is one's very solid as well. And uh, I, I've got to be honest, I've always loved a cold open, where a, opening a, a, any TV show like sci-fi with a cold open of action, I've always been a big fan of it. I think it adds to it. Um, yeah, and I feel like you don't see that a whole lot uh, yeah. in this era, or at least. With the Legion, but yeah, I like that a lot as well. I think you don't see it enough in comics in general from the big two. Like, I I, I love sometimes, like, I mean, we, we diss out on Bendis a lot, but his Age of Ultron event, how it just opened with it already happening, I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. Like, sometimes there's too much build-up, whereas this is just... What I love about this is, though, that Mordra has just got them on the fucking run. Big time, and they go back to the time chamber, and they're just all screwed. And it's quite a powerful team. It's like Monel, um, Superboy, uh, Duo Damsel, and is it Shadowlass? Yeah, Shadowlass. Yeah, huh? this is pretty early for Shadowlass. Mm. And I mean, I guess Duo Damsel isn't like that powerful, like, but Monel and Superboy are, you know? Yeah, I mean, the most powerful. Yeah, yeah it was a good way to set up how, like, foreboding Mordru was and then also uh, it was cool that they established that they fought him before and we just didn't get to see it you yes. know like a lost legion story exactly and 
Exactly right, man. And he'd escaped, and the, and they go back, and there wasn't any time. So Duo Damsel had just programmed to go back to Smallville, um, because she, she was so, yeah. she was so pushed for time. Um, I, I recognize that. But you know, Superboy and Monel should be able to fly back in time through their own power. You know, yeah, so. but Superboy, that's true. But they couldn't bring the others back, could they? Or could they? Could they carry them? Maybe. Probably yeah, I don't know. I thought they could, but no, they maybe can. Not. They, yeah, they normally can they can because, like yeah. put them in a bubble and carry them. Yeah, exactly. But this time, anyway, they maybe Superboy was unconscious and Monel was, was struggling. Um, and then it's like, why here? It's the first place Mordra will look. And she's like, I'm sorry, I was in a bit of a hurry when I said the controls. And then it all comes down to poor old Shattered Lass that accidentally let him out. Um, yeah, well, she starts to let him out and then he catches him, but I guess she let him out. Enough for him to, like, wake up. Enough air went in there that he woke up, apparently, was the thing. Yeah. And we get the sort it's of... His... I was gonna say, Sorry, we... I was going to cover his origin real quick. Oh, yeah, well, no, you go ahead, because I was just about to do that myself, but you, you go, because you'll okay. do it better. I love the artwork, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, good artwork, and uh, I like how it's not just the standard, like, uh, comic book panels, you know, it's got, like, the... You know, they're different sizes and shapes. Yeah, um, But yeah, Mordru is from Xerox, the Sorcerer's Planet. Decades ago, he mastered the ultimate mystic powers and made himself master of his world. He ruled with an iron fist. So it's kind of interesting, actually. Um, you see that the Legion, he was in power, and he had power uh, out on the outer rim of the galaxy or whatever. And then when he started to take over more worlds is where the Legion fought him. Um, which is kind of interesting if we think back to that five year later stuff where we had that issue um, that was supposed to show what would have it been like if the Legion never existed and Mordru had all this power. Um, I like to kind of think of that as what was going on uh, during his regime. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's just he's quite a fascinatingly powerful, you know, um, and successful villain, really. Like, I mean, he he carves out great areas of space that he conquers prior to being captured. Yeah, and like uh, on page uh, five, mm. there's a scene where he's like, I don't know if it's supposed to just be like um, not literal or not, mm. but he's like hovering in space over those like spaceships. Oh uh, yeah, I I, I took that as meaning kind of like it was that was more him sort of controlling an empire rather than. Oh okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, still, it, it makes for a really like uh, creepy yeah, kind of cool. scary image. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Uh, and then we see also that he converts himself into sort of almost like a massive fighter, where he's fighting mm-hmm. them, which is interesting. Um, so he's yeah. he's very powerful, and and don't forget, Superman and Superboy is one of their weaknesses is magic, you know. And yeah, Mon- and Mon- in the sense that magic would be a weakness for everyone, right? Yes. Well, yeah, like a, a magic sword can cut super bo- Superman and Superboy and stuff like that. Like, they've just got a weakness yeah. to it. Because um, it's like outside of the loss of nature, yeah. I guess. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, exactly. And they've got to give Superman some weakness other than kryptonite, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it also covers mon because he's, you know, Daxamite uh, is sort of Krypton-related, aren't they? Sort of like cousins. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, kind of. It depends, I guess. But Kryptonite colony or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, depending on the take. I don't think here they were, but, you know, well, how else would you explain how, like, similar they are? <laughs> well, he, he does he does mention that Monel's also susceptible to him. 
Yeah, he yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he does mention that at some point. So anyway, um, yeah, so it's it, it is cool. Like, so it is cool that he escapes, and then he, once he's at once he's out, he's just out for vengeance, big time. Um, there there are those who would seek to imprison me again. I must protect myself. He's emitting a heat so intense, even I can't get near him. And I've enjoyed the sun's call, this soup boy, and he's got his cloak ahead of him. And he's like, come on, soupy old kid. You can do it straight ahead. Close your eyes and think of ice icebergs. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It was, you reading it aloud kind of made me laugh. It's it's awesome. And then... Soupy old kid. Yeah, unfortunately, um, soup boy gets dominated and that's where he gets downed. And they sort of realised, um, yeah, that that that's kind of catches them on the storyline, and they had to um, escape. And now this is probably one of my favourite bits of this whole issue storyline, where they all decide on their disguises. And we've also we've already got that Monel was um, what was his name, Ty Cobb, the brush salesman or whatever it was. Uh, I think it's Bob Cobb. Bob Cobb, a brush <laughs> salesman. Oh, Bob, back for a visit will look normal enough. Um, so awesome. I love Bob Cobb, the brush salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it kind of endures all the way through to like the, you know, more modern yeah. appearances where he still takes that name, Bob Cobb. Yeah, well, why not? Um, and they're very <laughs> conscious that Mordra is going to have spies all over the place. Like, um, so Mordra is really kind of like everywhere, it seems. He's almost omnipotent. Yeah, he's uh, traces him back to Smallville and he has spies and uh, Shadow Lass's dying or, or putting on makeup for her skin. Yes. Uh, I thought it was funny that they just kind of sent him to random people in the community's houses. Yeah, um, like why? Without filling like, them in. Yeah, like, but Mar and Park Kent know all, all of this shit. Like, it's not like you have to disguise it from Mar and Park Kent. So why wouldn't you have kept the blue girl at Mar and Park Kent's? Why would you, you know... Yeah, I know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> You know, it's it's like what they didn't have a spare room or something. You know, I don't understand. Like, but it, <laughs> it, it is. But it does make up for one of my favorite parts of the storyline when they're at school and the the blue on a skin. It's one of my yeah, yeah, favorite good. moments in Legion history, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> makeup is risky, but that's our only chance. Um, and then yes, yeah, so they put her. Duo Damsel really has a thing for Superboy. Which I didn't wasn't aware of before I read this issue. Yeah, I don't know if that's first established here or not, but I I don't think it is much older than like here. Um, Paul Levitt's kind of developed, the, or I'm sorry, Jim Shooter kind of developed the relationships more. Hmm. Um, but cool. this isn't too far from too far removed from her wedding to Bouncing Boy. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting that um, she went from being in love with Superboy to Bouncing Boy. And she's kind of pining for him. Like, she's like, I even know who he's going to marry in the future when he's Superman, but, like, I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the heart will do what the heart wants. Um, and I, I love this when Bob Cobb comes in. Well, Super, er, Clark, I've made it no one around town that Bob Cobb is back, brushes and all. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, be careful, no more slip-ups like that. Until we find a way to deal with Mordru, we must stick to our civilian identities. Um, and then you see, unfortunately, Mordru Shadow is blanketing Smallville and he's seeking them out. So it's really kind of like a scary presence that Mordru is, that he can... You know, he's filtering his way all through time looking for them kind of thing. Yeah, um, much more powerful than anyone I think we've ever really seen them face. Um, 
for the most part. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, Shadowlass is able to shield them from yes. with his gaze shadow. with her shadow powers. Yes. And she can not just do herself. And um, is it is she with Lana? Uh, is that yeah yeah okay with the ribbon in her hair? It was very uh, sort of of the time, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, but she can also cover Superboy and everyone else. She doesn't need to be next to them. She can just do it like from a distance. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. That's not normally how things work. It's not normally. It's yeah. I, I was kind of impressed by that, but I was also like, "That's a strange power." Um, and then, unfortunately, Lana becomes one of the puppets of Mordru, as does the, the the town in general. If you're outside of the in the shadow. Um, yeah, um, I don't remember. Does she shield his parents though? I would think that his parents would rat him out. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure about the parents. Barapak, can't you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's I don't know, and. Um, but it it really, they're really scared. Like the world gang, this is it. Our last meeting. After this, we just fade into Smallville life. Forget wherever Legion is until someone comes up with a plan to battle Mordru. Um, and you know, because they're going to basically make themselves amnesiac, aren't they? Until a certain period of time uh, has passed, and we've got the. This is where we see Joe Damsel. It's silly of me. She's tr- crying herself to sleep because. Uh, on 30th century history tapes, I've seen Hill Mary when it grows up to be Superman, but I can't help it. And then Mara Park yeah. came in and she's like, look at her pillow. I think she's cried herself to sleep. <laughs> yeah, she uh, wanted him to walk her home, which, you know, probably would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, but Superboy's just, he's just all business, isn't he, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, he shows her the, the, the tunnel that she has to, like, clamber through herself. It's actually not Mara Park Kent, though. It's, it's Lana Lang's parents, I assume. No, that's the Parkers, Chief Parker. Oh, oh, right, she's staying at the Parkers. Okay, right, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yeah, but then we see uh, Shadow Lass at breakfast there with yeah, Lana's dad. I see, yeah, now I'm getting it. Now I'm getting it. Um, see, uh, Paige, um, where she's like, come on, sleepyhead, wake up, it's time for school, and you see that she's about <laughs> to lift a dress, did you notice? Like, yeah, I thought you'd like that. Oh, well, I'm just I'm just commenting, really. It's just more. It's more... just interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's like, where do you keep your schoolatrons? Uh, uh, it's just a short walk to school. If that's what you mean, Betsy, walk. Oh yes, and she's like, I forgot that I wasn't in the 30th century, where they just learn remotely, kind of similar to now with COVID. <laughs> oh, you know, there was something else I wanted to mention actually. Up on page nine. Mm. Uh. Shadow Girl's getting her makeup on, and Mrs. Kent's like, I'm sure the Langs will take her. What is your name, dear? Sally? Nancy? Like, were you really going to try to, like, fucking guess her name? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but, but, like, doesn't she... um, Yeah, that's actually a good point, yeah. The answer to that, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, and she gave up after two, but she's (laughs) like, I feel pretty good about my odds, you know, I'm going to take these two guesses. Yeah, 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 it's great. Um, Stupid. Yeah, and then the second part is Mordru and the mob. Um, is this where the mob comes in? Yeah, they just take control of the um, takes control of the uh, of yeah. It is. It's where the mob comes in and take control of Smallville, kind of randomly. Yeah. But what I, I love is I want to do this scene. It's uh, page sixteen where um, her skin comes uh, the the makeup comes off and it's blue. And some guy goes, where are you exchanging from? Mars. 
and Clark Kent, in a brilliant move, gets his fountain pen and squirts it on Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, Mike. Mike has blue skin too. I guess Clark's pen uh, squirted Betsy's arm, and everyone's just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. We love it. <laughs> um, yes. It's just a great move from Clark. He's just like, and Mike just cops it right in the cheek there, if you notice. like, It's just, uh, you know, um, everything always works out for Superboy. It's like in the one with uh, the first Monel appearance, and he needs a price for the uh, mirror he wants to sell to, or it's like a brush he wants to sell to Lana. And she happens to have 77 cents in her purse, and her initials are... Lana Langs, who was able to take the sticker off of her book and put it on the mirror. It's like, yeah. it's so nice that things always work out for you guys. Yeah, well, he's 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 a perfect. He's living in you know Americana fifties perfection, True. isn't he? Like he's he is Mister Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, with a perfect fucking Marapa Kent and everything. Um, <laughs> in the perfect small town, Smallville. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, there's a funny part here. Uh, I was thinking, my cousin Bob Cobb is in town. He could take Betsy. We'll make it a double date. And then Joe Damsel's like, well, I have to leave you here. Enjoy yourselves tonight. And uh, who is it that thinks Paul Lornu? She feels left out, I guess. Ne- the Superboy never notices her. Um, yeah, that was Shadowless. Shadow- yeah, it is so interesting that he invites everyone except for yeah. Lornu. <laughs> he's just totally clueless, isn't he? Like, yeah. he just doesn't. Even. Like, you also have Pete Ross. He could set... Uh, Trip or duplicate girl or yes. do a damsel with Pete Ross if you wanted to. I wonder if Pete Ross at this period remember the period he was living like in the poor house in the poor section of town. Did we do that? No, oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, we did a. I thought we did it on the show. Maybe I'd read it individually. There's an episode where they go to Pete Ross and his father's been made bankrupt, and he's like, he's like living in like the poor <laughs> section of town and so boys. <laughs> well, we can't hang out with Pete. He's yeah. poor. He's poor. He couldn't afford a movie. <laughs> 50 cents or whatever a movie cost back in like 1958. Um, yeah. yeah, so I was kind of baffled by this truck incident. Um, do you want to take us through what's going to happen here? Because it really baffled me. Yeah, so... Uh, sorry, we have a couple trucks that are about to collide and Duplicate Girl gives her strength i guess she has the power of two when yes. she's combined and mm. she throws this big old uh street sign <laughs> with the big concrete base down in front of the car to kind of like make it flip over so they don't collide jesus like yeah, yeah it was a pretty, pretty intense risky fucking move um <laughs> for cars that are probably going like 10 miles an hour or something. <laughs> and um but the, but they're really happy magnificent work young lady you probably saved both our lives. One guy's car, uh, truck has just been totaled, though, um, <laughs> and one is fine. Um, as long as he doesn't crash into it himself, that big concrete thing. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it could still be a problem. But, um, it is right in front of him. Yeah. Now, we get to this part, though, where the mob just comes out of nowhere, and the, this the, the mob leader is just hilarious on his, like, sofa uh, seat, on top of the car, where he's just issuing orders. And yeah. um, I like the bit where he's like, I have a royal desire for some cherries, slob. <laughs> Get some from that fruit stand. Yes, yes, sir, your majesty. And they just go and steal the cherries. And they just, yeah, like, they um, just roll into town. This kind of dates this issue, I feel like, you know, yeah. where it was kind of feeling like it was a little more modern than what we were uh, reading before. Yes. And then here it's just like, uh 
we're back at Might it. knock off a half a point for this, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny, but I understand what you're saying. Look, when yeah. I'm talking about adapting this into a movie, I'd probably ditch this mob invades the whole town um, <laughs> and just drives down the middle of the street issuing orders. But then people get whipped up into a frenzy and start like lobbing vegetables and stuff at them. Um, yeah, so basically they had to overcome this group by kind of rallying the town together rather yeah. than using their powers. Um, it is kind of funny though. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it, some of the dialogue is hilarious. Like, the you know, sure, King, as soon as we get you to a nice, safe jail. But I guess the whole point of the story is that it makes them realize that they've been hiding, you know? Um, um, if you think about it, like, that's the point of the storyline. Like, uh, basically, the Legionnaires realize that they've been hiding from oh, the right. troubles, you know, whereas the, mo- the, 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 the town rallied together, whereas they've just been on the run kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a nice little lesson for them. Yeah, it's, it, like, that's the point of the lesson, I guess. And then, um, so they, they go back then, um, and as they're going back, Lana sees Superboy and the Legionnaires, and she's Mordru's eyes, and she knows, so he knows that they'll be coming, basically. And um, and then Mordru turns up, and it's a pretty actually scary panel. Um, yeah, on on he's this big. Page, yeah page twenty page twenty four, and they're all like Mordru, and he's just turned up. So, despite all their running, it, the past has caught up with them, hasn't it? Really. Yep, they are uh, on the run now. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, down in the um, letter column, I just happened to notice this is uh, we see a letter from Arnold Carter. He says, "I got a great idea. Why not team up Shadowlass and Night Girl of yeah. the Subs?" So I just thought it was interesting because I mentioned that earlier that people would, uh, uh, you know, think about teaming them up. And Shadowlass has only been around for like five issues at this point. Yeah, no, it's, so, it makes a lot of sense. Like, um, yeah. oh, Arnold, I mean, good point. Good, very good point. Good job, Arnold. Yeah. Um, now, uh, so we cut to basically the next issue. Uh, what, what, is, mm-hmm. what issue is this? Uh, 370 would be the second yeah, part. Still 12 cents an issue. Um, uh, thank you, Clark. You are Superboy. This is your costume. You have superpowers, and it's Lana Lang as Insect Girl. Yeah, you have superpowers. You belong to Legion of Superheroes. You must remember, we need you. Um, but Clark doesn't uh, remember. And then it cuts to a back alley. And fools, did you think hiding in the century would save you? Ever, ever escape from that airless crypt? You trapped me in years ago. I've searched through time and space for you. Now, my vengeance. Um, and he's really got them on the, on the back foot in a big way. And yeah, and they have to flee through the tunneling, right? Yes, they flee through the tunnel. Quick to buy a home, Mordru might use a magic spell to trace our thoughts. We must stop those thoughts. And this is where they take the brainwashing uh, hypnosis, hypnosis uh, machine that'll wipe mm-hmm. their memories of being legionnaires so Mordru can't find them to, through their thoughts. And then I love how everyone's just like, well, what am I doing here? And me. What are we all doing here in the cellar, for that matter? Why, I can't recall, son. And it's like, <laughs> Mara Park County, just clueless down there. Everyone's just down in the basement. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. 
And but but I, I like the actual thought of it though that they're actually amnesiac. Like I, I seriously think you could do a really good two part storyline in a TV show, or um, a Legion movie, and and have this as a storyline. I think it'd be quite dramatic. You know, you could you could punch it up quite a bit, um, and because they really do forget. And Mordra is like looking everywhere for them, and he's searching the minds of other people and stuff. Um, and he can see the suspicions that people have, like the blue mark. Um, she might be Shadowlass. Uh, Pete Pete Ross at once accidentally discovered that Superboy was Clark Kent. Um, mm, yeah. But if these are Legionnaires, why is there no memory of, of their power in their minds? Um, so it's interesting. Um, and then he summons yeah, his Yeah, so... Arms. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, then Mordru summons his armies, which are actually quite fucking sizable. Like, there's tanks and all sorts of things rolling up. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would assume these are his armies from the future, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is cool. And again, great artwork. And then we've got, um, what happens here? The, the, does the yeah get he Mordra rips up Smallville from the actual Earth? Yeah, he's trying to make it easier for his people to like search it. I think. Jesus. So he Which just, I guess he just yeah. rips up Smallville from the Earth. So that's going to be quite problematic for Smallville viewers. <laughs> and and um, up to the very edge of space, and everyone's getting worried because Superboy hasn't been mentioned seen in weeks. And at these 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 armies from the future are just going around imposing like martial law and just like smashing down like um, <laughs> houses and stuff, looking for the people. Um, yeah, and they know uh, who exactly they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? Because of the what Morgan was able to narrow it down to. But then when they find them, they you know don't react how they should because they've wiped their minds and they don't yes. realize that they have powers. Exactly. Um, and they're and they're threatening him, Superboy, saying he'll talk when he sees what we do to his father. No, stop! Don't hit him again. I say it. I am Superboy. Then why didn't you use your super strength to stop us? You're nothing but a whimpering weakling. Um, yeah. But Pete Ross knows better, doesn't he? Because um, Pete Ross remembers that he found out Superboy was um, Clark was Superboy and has kept it from Superboy. Um, yeah, and this is probably a pretty big moment because um, it's you know Lana finally finding out. Who Superboy is? Yes, and uh, we see the appearance of Insect Girl. Um, yeah, Insect Queen. Insect Queen. Okay, uh, which is kind of hilarious that her whole body changes and into all the different <laughs> bugs and stuff that she can be. Um, yeah, I kind of hate it. <laughs> it grosses me out. Yeah, she's the caterpillar, then she's the butterfly. She's all sorts of different things, and yeah. um, and she's actually pretty happy because she knows that. Um, yeah, I like when she's like, whoa, it's Superboy, confide his secret to you. Like, she's like, bitchy. He didn't. He isn't yeah. even aware that I once accidentally found out his Clark Kent. And she's like, and just the expressions on her face, like anger, then puzzlement, happiness almost. Like, you just, like, yeah. her life's goal has been achieved. Um, yeah. And then they, so basically go in and they show that Superboy that his hair's invulnerable. <laughs> yeah, she kidnaps him, right? And then, yeah, cuts his hair. Cuts his hair, and, uh, and then he is able to unmind wipe everyone else, yes. which is good, except for his parents. I don't think he did them. No, but he, uh, he he got them, and then they they attack the vehicles with all their power and stuff. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Duo Damsel did a great job playing both herself and me. 
Pete made a convincing Superboy, even though Monel did all the super feats, which is kind of cool. Um, oh wait, so was uh, Duo Damsel? She was supposed to be. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's clever. So she's 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 pretending that she's Night Girl, yeah. Uh yeah, Shadowlass. Shadowlass, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, Shadowlass. And and Monel was doing all the super stuff, while uh, Pete was just sort of pretending. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, I, I realized the Superboy one, but I didn't realize the Shadow Ass until Does this Pete time Ross through. Does Pete Ross have dark hair? I thought he had was was a brunette or yeah. So they would have had to have dyed Pete Ross's hair, wouldn't they? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, he says uh, he has. Well, I don't know. Superboy is constantly making makeup this issue and last, so yes, <laughs> he probably has some hair dye. Yeah, I suppose so. And, and then. Um, Suddenly, you're gonna. Ha- looks like you're gonna have to wait a lot longer than that, Morty. And um, Superboy Shadowlass, and then they strike, and um, they've almost got him. But then he- Mordru has the final laugh, really. And you think your feeble powers could overcome my magical might? And then he sets up kind of. It- it's a bit schlocky, but it's the fake trial, which I always enjoy, like the fake courtroom trial. Oh yeah, I love that in the uh, Batman the Animated Series when they do that. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, he's got uh, I will say though, in this situation, they tip their hand a little bit sooner than I thought they would. Yeah, you know, a lot of times when they do this kind of setup, they'll do it for like a couple pages of them like sneaking around, but here they're just like, yeah. "Ah, we're gonna get you," and then they get captured. They get captured, <laughs> and then there's the prosecution led by Raitha, and I think uh, is it Pete Ross? Yeah, is he's doing the defense? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, surprise, surprise, they're they're found massively guilty. Uh, of basically, what's the what's the crime? It's 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 like um, it was something kind of funny. Can you deny that they put an end to the careers of the Time Trapper, Universo, Doctor Regulus, Doctor Mantis, Morlo, and the Devil's Dozen? It's like you know, um, they've flagrant anti-crime acts. <laughs> yeah, yep, that was it. So they're guilty of anti-crime. Um. And the jurors are all just loving it. They're all, we find the defendant guilty on all counts. Uh, they're put into prison, but there is a twist in the tale. Um, they find out that the uh, it's fishier than a bowl of grapes. It's not real kryptonite, so it's not killing him, and the lead doesn't bother me, um, Monel says. And mm-hmm. the walls aren't strong, and he can get through them. So they get out there, and Raytha, who is leading the prosecution, uh is basically betraying Mordru because um, he basically got sort of made a lackey of Mordru and, uh, you know, he was for, he was former head of the council and stuff. Uh, so Yeah, and generally, you know, I don't think that the people from Xenon were supposed to be, like, evil or anything, so that's... Uh, but it ends up quite know. badly for Raytha. He gets just absolutely annihilated here, like... yeah just disintegrate. It's like the D&D spell disintegration, like there's no comeback at all. It just gets absolutely <laughs> hammered. Um, so, which is kind of, which I think is a cool scene, actually. And almost adds back the half point that, that it loses for the mob scene for me, for the coolness of that scene. Um, and yeah. Mordru is, is, is really kind of like, how they beat him, it's really his own stupidity. Like he's creating this massive ball of energy and then the cavern collapses on him. He's being and he's buried again. Oh yeah, um, and that's what they kind of figure takes his way is power. Yeah, which you would think uh, earlier they kind of cavern or they 
create tunnels through the earth. Mm. You know, if they would have just stayed underground, they probably would have been safe. Yeah, but as it is, uh, Modru is entombed again in internal darkness, um, and as if to make sure the heat of the fireball fuses the fallen rubble, defying man or the ages ever again to free his evil. And I'm sure he comes back. Um, <laughs> but he is entombed in Smallville in the 50s. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so I guess um, he wakes up and he fights the JSA at some point then. Yeah, I, I guess so. But, but I mean, let's face it, he uh, also can just go through time as he wants. So if he ever escapes, he True. can also just go through time. And I think he's supposed to be, like, ancient. Yes. Yeah. He actually, um, they had a series called Demon Knights at DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about... Um, it was mostly about the demon, but it was about a lot of like the medieval type characters. Right. Uh, and Mordru was actually in that as a villain as well, which was always kind of interesting to me. Do you remember back in Signal, Stu and I had a bet where Stu claimed that the magician from Shazam was Merlin? Yeah, I don't know why he thought that. Well, I don't know He must why, have been but... thinking of uh, Kid, um, Kid Eternity, I think, maybe, as Merlin. He got hammered in the bat. He just got absolutely hammered. It was just completely wrong. It was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was kind of Stu's thing, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He went all in on it. <laughs> and then, then he was researching it. And I'm like, how's that looking? He goes, not good. <laughs> He's like, I'm, yeah. I'm coming up with nothing about Merlin. Like, <laughs> like Merlin met him once or something was the only thing he had. And I'm like, yeah. He may have met him at the magician convention, but he's not fucking Merlin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they look the same, but yeah, I, I guess I thought it was pretty well known that the wizard was named Shazam, and that's kind of what, you know, that's how he gets his power, saying yeah. his name. It was great. Um, yeah, so a funny part at the end here, um, they're going, they make poor old Lana forget that um, she <laughs> ever knew about the secret identity, and then he's going to do Pete, and then... Um, it's kind of funny what happens. Monel flips it on him, and he says, "You'll forget yeah. that Pete Ross knows or has ever known your secret identity." Yes, forget. Pete's like, "But Mon, why? Just call it a reward for helping us." I can't tell Pete that I learned in the future. When he grows up, he's destined to save Superman's life because he knows his identity. <laughs> yeah, good old Pete Ross. Uh, it was kind of weird up in that middle panel where they drew Lana like three times. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just thought that was odd because it's like, you know, it's just yeah. a weird way to do it. Yeah, I know. Just showing her getting brainwashed. Surprisingly, though, there's no difference in her expressions, really. Yeah, so it's like you could have just drawn her the one time and saved yourself the time. Yeah. But Indeed. I don't know. But, um, you know, and then at the end of the day, everyone's back. Um, and Dream Girl had saved them in the future uh, because she, she'd had a dream that Mordra was going to attack. Yeah, and then White Witch and Princess Projectra helped her helped them like save headquarters by making him think he was destroying it. Yep, and then uh, it all ends with Bouncy Boy making a sexist comment. Well, I'll be darned to think of all the trouble we had dodging Mordru. How ironic that he was fooled by three girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that. And uh, White Witch—that's uh, what she kind of looked like before she got her witchiness. And you're familiar with her with like the weird white hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but in this one, she's got just the sort of orange hair or red hair, yeah? Yeah, and here she's just kind of like visiting uh, Dream Girl. She's not actually like a member. And who's the other girl? 
uh, Princess Projector. I see, right. Okay. Yeah. So it all ends with Bouncing Boy kind of doing his kind of zinger at the end. Um, That's uh, Monel. Oh, Monel. I thought it was Bouncing Boy. Right. Well, I'm going to give it 8.5. I, I thought it was a very strong issue. I do agree the mob scene lets it down, although it is amusing scene how he's calling that guy slob and stuff. Um, but yeah. just, just yeah. the way they just turn up out of nowhere, uh, you know, it is kind of cheesy. Yeah, 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 I liked it too. Um, you know, and I liked uh, what the point of the mob stuff was. It was interesting. Uh, I'll probably give it a an eight. Well, that's a high score. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, it's good stuff. Now, the next one is, we've jumped forward in time. It's Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes 225. And it's got a pretty cool cover of Superboy fighting Wildfire on the front. Yeah, that's a Mike Grell cover. And I think it's probably a... I don't remember if it's Jim Shooter or Carrie Bates' story. Uh, Paul Levitz. Oh, okay. Paul Levitz. Yeah. So, yeah, he was kind of dipping his toes in already. Um, but, of course, his you know major run on the Legion was about five years from then, or at least 50 or 60 issues. I like that they've got the roll call. Dream Girl, Lightning Lad, Shadow Lad, Superboy, Ultra Boy, Wildfire. I like the Lightning Call, you know? Yeah, I like when they do that too, just to give you an idea who's going to be featured, you know. And we've got Superboy just really pissed off with um, Wildfire over the Legion uh, leadership. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. I was trying to find who suggested this one real oh, quick. Cool. It was... Sorry, that's why I was scrolling. You're right, man. Superboy, 225. It was William Bracken. 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 One or the other. Thank you, William. Thanks, William. A good suggestion. Um, a shorter issue than we've been doing. And basically, it all boils down to this one is all about Wildfire and Superboy fighting over the leadership. Yeah, so I think this was actually the, the fan vote. Superboy had won, and then Wildfire got oh, second place, but wrong. they didn't really want to make Superboy the leader. And i got to be honest, if you voted for Superboy for leader, it's kind of lame. Yeah, I love Superboy, but like they say here, he's... I, I mean, I love Superboy too, but he's only... A, not, he's not part-time, but he, he's kind of like got other responsibilities, and he can only be with the Legion a certain percentage of time, you know? Right. Like he's not yeah. there all the time. He, he he literally comes from the past. So yeah, yeah. It, it's difficult to be a leader if you're not even based in the same time period. Yeah, and it's also like you know, it's already he's already Superboy. Like, hmm. can we give somebody a little bit of you know importance here? But it does point to Superboy's popularity, and I don't yeah, think. So. And, I, and I, I'm going to comment right now. I'm going to drop a hot fucking bombshell. I don't think Superboy's been ever as popular as he was when he was young Clark Kent. I think that was the height of Superboy's popularity as a character in any incarnation, be it Connor Kent, John Kent, whatever. I think, the honestly, his popularity peaked when he was young Clark Kent. Yeah, I'd say you're probably right about that. Yeah, and... Uh, and I don't know why they spent so much time running away from it. Like, I get that John Byrne did it back in the 80s, but now, like... With fucking hyper time, everything matters, and like blah blah yeah. blah, you know, all that. Well, shit. you know, Jeff Johns seemed to embrace it uh, and kind of bring it back into the the origin. He did, um, and it was cool. The, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And I liked that quite a bit. Um, 
and then even now in that Generations event, we have Superboy. But these are more just like little yeah. glimpses rather than yeah, you know, exactly. But, give me yeah. give me a Superboy title with Crypto back, based back in 1950 Smallville. Do that, DC. Yeah, it'd be cool. Or you know, nowadays the 80s stuff is so popular. You know, you do a book um, about Superboy in the 80s. I feel like it would you know sell decent. Yeah, totally agree. You know how they have like the Stranger Things craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, I'd accept that. You could take him out of 1950s perfect Smallville, like, you know, 1950s Americana and place it in the 80s. Yeah, for sure. I think that'd be cool. And um, just make sure he's got that phone line to the president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the tunnel going. Um, but yeah, so we see that Superboy's throwing a fit about not being given the leadership, but. Yes. Dream Girl and uh, Wildfire and Lightning Lad all kind of bitch him out like, hey, we changed the rules. You should know better. Um, yeah. And Shadowlass comes out and like, you know, you're not acting very much like yourself. Yeah. So what's up? And, you know, you know, generally when stuff like this happens in the Legion story, it's because they have some kind of ulterior motive, right? Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it's especially Superboy, who's who's whiter than white normally, like in terms of like his, you know, he doesn't normally prone to fits of rage, jealous rage, isn't exactly Superboy style. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I like it when he's like, a very pretty explanation, friends, but forgive me if I don't buy it. I think I still think I could do a better job. And then is it mine? I was like, think whatever you want, Superboy, but we have a ceremony to conduct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, that's your guy. Conduct Mine away like without me. And it's just like, there's just a lot of emotion, like, going on. Um, yeah. It's pretty funny. Actually, you know, when I was looking at the pencils here, I think that isn't, um, I don't think that this is Mike Grell. I think this is Jim Sherman. Right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, anyway. I think I misstated that earlier as well. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so we see that uh, Wildfire is leading the Legion, and they're doing some kind of rescue mission. Um, we see Dream Girl making a, a rescue for some little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they're trying to fix a dam that had yes. blown up and uh, Wildfire is going to repair it. But Superboy stops him and says, hey, we can't do that. We have to repair it some other way. Wrong move, uh, Wildfire. Ultra yeah, Boy, switch yeah. to your ultra strength and give me a hand. Between us, we can throw this ship right out of the Earth's atmosphere. What's the big idea, Superboy? Now that we can't find anything out about the Raiders, that's better than blowing the whole area to bits, as you're about to do, fearless leader. And then he points to the little problem the rest of the dam would have um, happened. And uh, Yeah, there's a bunch of explosive powder on there. And then the rest of the Legionnaires meet up and like, uh, uh, Ultra Boy says, there wasn't any powder on there, I would have seen it. Uh, so they're like, what's going on? Nice it? picture of, um, is it uh, Shadowlass there? Or just just yeah. kind of reclining on the on the couch? Yeah, um, there's not a lot of fabric there. We're, we're, we're in my favourite year, Dream Girls opposite us. Everyone's just kind of rolling around on the couch. It's nice stuff. It's <laughs> good cosy. Yeah, it's good times, man. In, to be honest, in Demon Soulfighter, I've got scenes where um, sort of the some superheroes are sort of talking in this kind of like interdimensional scene and they're all talking about how back in the day they were all sort of into each other and stuff and like it was all kind of a bit kinky and stuff yeah that's cool yeah just kind of i just threw that in there and i was actually thinking when i was writing it um of all the different costumes in the 70s and kind of mixing kind of like role play plus powers plus kind of like swinger parties and stuff back in the day (laughs) 
Um, yeah, it's funny. So it's just, uh, without making it explicit, I was playing around with yeah. those kind of themes, you know? Yeah, I like that. Um, it, it seems kind of right up the Legion's alley at this yeah. time. And uh, just a little advertisement for Demont Sulphide in my book series as well, in the middle of uh, yeah. Legion Outpost. If even Legion has it out, yeah, check it out. All on Amazon, all three issues, all, all three all three volumes in the in the series, and you can jump right on board to Demont Sulphide. And if you join up the Patreon, I'll send you a free Kindle copy. So there you go. Hey, look at that. Bang, bang, bang. Can't beat it. Yeah, can't beat it. All that and more. <laughs> All right, continue, Adam. That's my plug for the. That's my plug for the episode. <laughs> as, as we hit the twelfth hour of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Superboy is going into some kind of like um, display, mm. and he grabs Wildfire's costume. What I thought he was doing was I thought he was um, sabotaging the costume. Right. But I guess he was going to try to disguise himself as yes, Wildfire. Indeed, and then nobody's Wildfire, falling for that. Wildfire is like, you didn't think I was going to let you continue a little smear campaign, did you? Make you a fool of me didn't work. So now you're going to steal one of my costumes and frame me? How low can you get? Like it's so funny that this is Superboy. He's supposed to be like the villain of the piece. It's Superboy who just <laughs> never does anything bad ever. You know, like, like yeah. So you know, it's like he's either being controlled or he has some kind of like. Plan. And we do know the Legion are very fond of some pretty complicated pranks on each other as well. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. the line between plan and prank for the Legion can be a very fine line at times, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> usually, like, usually any plan re- requires, like, you to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then Superboy just knocks him out. For these two, the battle seems to rage for eons, but in truth, it is only minutes that pass. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, and then he's then he's then, looking out like wildfire, or at least wildfire's costume. There they are, waiting like vultures to swoop down on the earth again. But this time the battle is going to them. We'll fight on our terms, and I'm going to lead the legion, which is the way it should be. Yeah, and I I wasn't really sure. I thought you know it might have been Superboy that came out, but I think it is supposed to be wildfire that I, comes I out I of think the fight. It is, yeah, I um I'm impressed that wildfire could beat Superboy in a fight. Well, yeah, I mean, when they first introduce him, he has, like, all of Superboy's powers, plus, like, Colossal Boy and Shrinking Violet's powers. Mm, and, that's true. You know, that first issue. Bouncing no, Boys. Notice how similar to the Enterprise that that, that ship looks? Uh, yeah, and that's kind of like the um, enduring design for their ship for quite a while. Okay, cool. But yeah, I could see the comparison. It's just, you know, a bit similar. Because um, the, <laughs> cause the, you know, Enterprise was kind of a pretty novel concept in design itself, and I imagine by this period would have been, you know, Star Trek was a big thing. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Legionnaire fans were also very aware of Star Trek fandom. Yeah, um, so they were able to kind of lift from that. Well, I I know that Marvel did. Um, There's episodes in uh, Claremont's, like, run that just straight out of, like, Star Trek, you know? Oh, yeah, they're talking about the yeah, prime directive and all sorts of things like that. Like it's like Jesus Christ. Like you know, mm-hmm. we're we're not even like hiding our fucking influences here. We're just kind of ripping them straight out. Like, yeah, I've been meaning to read uh, more Claremont X Men stuff. It's kind of a hard read at times, you know. Yeah, uh, I find it. You know, I find it tougher actually when it gets more into the eighties. Um, I I read oh, a lot. Really? Of, I read a lot of the well. I don't know. That's just my personal thing. Like, for me, it kind of peaked 
and then it's sort of like it has this sort of like long plateau and I don't know. I just I, I've tried a lot of times to kind of dig through it in the eighties. One is also about the mid eighties, and I just I just don't find it as compelling as that 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 late seventies, early eighties vibe it, it it had going. Gotcha. For it. Yeah. Yeah, like the John Byrne stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty strong. I, I read it all at once. It, you know, in the essential volumes, actually, it's good stuff. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong; it's it, it's really good stuff, quite compulsive. But as it goes into Fall of the Mutants and a bit further after that, I I lose a bit of interest. But I've never really given it a fair chance. But the fact that I've tried yeah. several times tells me that it's there's something about it that's yeah. not quite connecting. You know, definitely, I've done that with a few different things. Yeah, for now, I'm planning on picking up the uh, Epic Collections as they come out. I think they're coming out with the third one. Whether or not it's a re-release or whatever, but I always yeah, have done the Wolverine stuff. All the Wolverine epic collections hold up. Don't worry about them; they're good. <laughs> yeah, know. maybe I'll have to hit those too. Um, you know, good. try to get it as it goes out. I'm more of a Wolverine yeah. guy. At the end of the day, I like the X Men, but Wolverines were my real, you know, passion. See, I like the concept of the X Men a lot, but not always like the execution as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I like Wolverine, but I'm also not, like, needing a bunch of Wolverine. I need a lot. I need a hell of a lot. I, I know you do. You like the you're the Wolverine, Punisher, Batman guy. Yeah, that's oh. it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Throwing Judge Dredd as well. Yeah, Judge Dredd. <laughs> you have a type. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, okay, so we, um, yeah, we're... we're Basically, we're out there in space. Um, they're fighting them. Starfire's not leaving an energy trail. Um, uh, is it Dream Girls? He's not using his powers. In fact, he's fighting just the way Superboy would. Um, she's looking kind of sheeply too, isn't she? She looks, she, looks, she, looks she, nice. she looks nice, and she's got the little bobble head on because they're out in space. But meanwhile, you can just float around like with your normal skin in space. Okay. Um, yeah, you can see she's got like uh, a little bit of a lining she around does. her. I think. Yes, is that so it's supposed to be like their trans suits. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's in the next issue we read with Didco art. He draws them like super weird, where they look like they're like I don't know, wearing suits of armor or something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, basically, explain to me the final scene here when when they beat them all. What actually happened? The I wanted to replace him. This is Superboy talking. Our computer predicted that the new leader would be blasted on his first mission, and I thought I had the best chance of surviving, so I tried to bluster my way into the leadership. I love the way he's like, Superboy's like, I've got a bluster, and he's like, so I'll just be a real prick. Like, I'll really commit to it. Um, I even tried to impersonate Wildfire, but he gave me an energy blast that knocked me down and convinced me he had a better chance of surviving. So they fought, but... When he blasted him, Wildfire explained to Superboy, you know, and and they obviously discussed it. And I don't really understand because it says that Wildfire was fighting like Superboy would. But then I thought it also said that this was Wildfire and that Superboy just came up. Like, I quite understand. And the computer miscalculated. It figured Superboy would end up leading the mission and would be destroyed by the Krypton in that beam. It didn't figure how stubborn I was or how hard it is to kill a man of pure energy. I'll just slip into a spare costume and I'm as good as new. Yeah, it's kind of like if anyone's going to be hard to kill, Wildfire, he's just energy. Yeah, like, like we know this, right? <laughs> he's in a containment suit. Like, Superboy, yeah. maybe next time don't hold these secrets so close to your chest. Discuss it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, bless me, sorry. Um, 
I probably docked this one a half a point just for not really understanding what happened on that last page. Yeah, I was really yeah, so uh, I'll probably to like me, a seven it's, a, and a half. it's a seven and a half. Like it's 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 good yeah. stuff, you know. Like I like the art. Yeah, I, I like the art. I liked the concept. I was a bit confused by the end, um, but you know, overall enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and yeah, it's helped sure. by it's also helped by good artwork and the scans I had. They were very cleaned up. You know, it was super cleaned yeah. up artwork. Mm-hmm. Which always looks good. Um, hold on a sec. I'm just going to uh, let my cat out because he's going crazy at the door. Hold on. Yeah, no problem. It was just the appearance of Wade the super cat on the Legion Outpost. Uh, yeah. Do you just have one cat and one dog? <laughs> one cat, one dog, yeah. The dog is, um, Cooper has been under my feet for most of the show. But the, the cat, boy. the cat like, yeah, he's a good boy. He's like crypto. But the cat likes to come in and out as he pleases, you know. Like yeah, you can imagine. Just constantly. Cat. Just constantly doing, you know, anything to, you know. He wants to go out, then I let him out, and straight away he wants to come in, like. No matter what, like he likes to have open <laughs> access to both of them all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so seven and a half out of ten for both of us. Yeah, uh, like I said, good art, uh, decent story, but just not really hold together. Maybe yeah, uh, worth uh, noting uh, is that it says next issue the dazzling debut of Don Star. So. Yes, which which is uh, a favorite on, on on Legion Outpost for sure. For uh, sure, favorite character now. We finally arrived at, you were saying multiple people recommended Legion of Superheroes 268. Oh, Dave, did you not read the second story? Oh, what was the second story? Oh, I don't think I had the second story. My scan, that's, oh. my, that's all my scan had. It was like 19 pages. So what happened oh, to the second Oh, I can story? walk you, it was a quick story. I can yes. walk you through it real quick. Sure. Um, this one was by Paul Levitz with our, by Mike Nasser. But basically, the Legionnaires are uh, on a trip with an ambassador, and they're going to go meet up with the Dominators. This is Ambassador Relnik, who becomes like a more enduring character under Paul Levitz later. Uh, Paul Levitz was good about like introducing supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but Timberwolf goes off to catch this guy, but they're supposed to be like covert because uh, – they're not supposed to know there's legionnaires that are escorting him or else it could ignite like a war. Nobody's mm-hmm. supposed to know that he's on his way to meet with the dominators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to take down the villain more covert. Uh, Princess Projectress, Sunboy, and Timberwolf are there. Uh, what ends up happening is uh, they pretend that there's like a demon there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Princess Projectress casts an illusion around Timberwolf mm-hmm. and then Sunboy provides the heat. And it draws out this crazy psycho killer that's on the uh, thing who's been killing people to sacrifice them to, like, the Luck Lord, he says. Right. But basically, they're able to take down this villain without revealing that they are on board. And that's the whole thing. So that's a pretty decent story, though. Sounds cool. I wonder why that wasn't included in my scan. That's that's disappointing. Yeah. I hate that, actually. Sometimes when... Sometimes when you, you buy stuff on Comixology, um, it doesn't include the it'll say like eighty pages and it's like but it's only like twenty five. You know, they don't oh, include that's super they haven't digitized the full issue kind of thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very frustrating and and it annoys me actually because you 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 know these eighty page giants and stuff you, you don't get them and like that that the, the whole thing should be included because it's all legion. It's not like it's like fucking JSA or something, you know. Yeah, I guess another thing is that on Comixology, a uh, double-page spread might count as one page rather than two, but I also don't know that there'd be that many double-page spreads. In, oh, like, but they the definitely don't include... What I'm saying is they definitely don't include all the stories all the time. Oh, like it's, yeah, that like, does suck. Especially so, if they're going to keep it on the cover. Yeah, well, the, the cover's the same, and then you go to read it. Uh, this is a perfect example where they just didn't include the story. Anyway, it is what yeah, it is. that's no good. We need to keep everything... Keep it all together. Keep it all together, exactly. Now, this is Legion of Superheroes uh, 268. Um, okay. Pretty interesting cover. Um, who did this cover? Yeah, that's George Perez. I was going to say, it looks very George Perez-y, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nice cover. It is, it is. Um, now, I, I mean, can I just say, firstly, horrible story. Um but also horrible artwork. And, like, <laughs> look at Saturn Girl on page one, uh, you know, wearing my favourite costume. But that looks like a guy in drag, like up to the face. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It actually does. Um, Steve Ditko. Yeah. Uh, you know, Overrated. I don't think his Overrated. artwork is very regarded at this point. Yeah, I've got to Overrated. say. Overrated. Um, I know he gets a lot of love for his Spider-Man. Sure, back in the early '60s, but we we saw that Squirrel Girl. Remember, I showed you from like '99, yeah. and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, and this again is it's just not good. Like, it's it's I don't know how to describe it. Like, he he just can't do faces very well. Um, if you look yeah, on page um, four, look definitely on page past four. his prime. Yeah, page four where Dream Girl is like screaming. Um, the sort of full panel just of a face screaming. I mean, it looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's very, like, dated. Yeah, um, but, yeah, so we had several suggestions for this one. We had Leslie Hall Trigg the third. Mm. Uh, she says, please review LOSH 268. The Doctor will now see you. Love to hear your thoughts on Dr. Mayavale, mm. especially since that issue is being used as the cover to the Before the Darkness o- omnibus. Which is which so It's an omnibus. What's that? It's so weird that, that that such a poor issue that I don't uh-huh. think it, that I really think is one of the weirdest and worst Legion issues that I've read for the show ever is being used <laughs> for the cover. Maybe it's because of the Perez cover that they figure that will you know shift. That's copies. the only thing I can think of. But I thought he did some of the other covers around here. Uh, David Baird also recommended. He said one fine hot mess. Uh, Aaron Hopkins said I second this one. There was a half-assed theory floating around mm. uh, that Dr. Mayaville could be seen as a fifth-dimensional imp whose obsession was putting a hero through emotional ringers of self-discovery, mm. as opposed to Mr. Mixius Pitlick, who just wanted to F with Superman. Mm. Well, I think that that's a reasonable theory. I mean, it's just so crazy. So basically, they go and meet this guy who's like a space hippie. I like mm-hmm. Ike, and he's, he's so weird. And then, And then... Uh, he 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 has no. He claims that he's known them all from previous lives. Basically, is what it boils down to. But is he just yeah. insane? What's that? Is is he just insane? That's what I thought. Well, that's the thing. At the end, he says, "Is he insane, or is he everything he says he is, or something in between?" Well, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, look at page six with their spacesuits here. They look kind of silly. 
I'm just flicking there. Page six, you said, yeah? Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I really struggled with this issue. I was just like, why am I? I they look stupid. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. know. Like, well, you know what's crazy is this isn't too far before the, the Great Darkness saga. Like, yeah. I feel like the Legion went through some really high highs with the Carrie Bates stuff. Yes. And, you know, the other writers with Mike Grell that we saw. And then they went through this dip, like, in the early, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, mid-Bronze Age. Yeah, and it then happens. when it they got to the end of the Bronze Age, they came out with Paul Levitz again. It happens with, like, this, look, I, and I want to say this. J.M.D. Mateus, in general, I really like. I think he's a gifted storyteller, and I think he's a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd love to get him on Signal of Doom. So, look, everyone can throw a junk ball. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and that's what he's done here. And I do notice, though, in reading a lot of his stuff, he does like to go metaphysical a little bit sometimes in some of his titles, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and, he, and a little bit wacky. And you, you know, when he loses his grounding, I actually don't think it's his strength, even though I'm sure some people out there love it. And this is just an example yeah. of him. It really feels like it's the middle of the seventies. Let's get pretty stoned. Let's let's throw out some concepts and just go wild. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that really works. Other times it just falters. And this was one time where I feel the storyline had no solid footing. Um, it struggled. I was confused. Like what? Was I think this is one of his earliest comics, probably too. Okay. Um, okay. Based on what I was looking around. Okay. But yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I think this is a poor period. Like. The stuff that's going to be collected in the Before the Darkness stuff, I think, is mostly, like, not the best stuff. Right. But it's for completists, would you say? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's still some, you know, there's some diamonds in that. But Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, but, yeah, so they happens. get captured, and he only takes three of them, and they, uh, he kind of puts them back into simulations of the times in history where they betrayed him in the past. Like yes. they say that he was, um, who is it? They say he was Julius Caesar. He was, um, some native American. Yeah. And then also a detective and he got yeah. betrayed by, uh, them in previous lives and they have to like overcome that. Mm. And it's just not very good. And the character design is pretty stupid. It's just a white haired guy with a big old stash. And he's got like three green or, you know, three green arms on either side. Yeah. Pretty stupid. No, it, it's, it, it's not good stuff. Uh, I, you know what I think would have made it a bit better if he at least, um, I guess, looked more like the periods that he was supposed to be in when they did the artwork. You know, yeah. they didn't really adjust him and it just, it just was really hard to buy into it. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and then it's kind of funny though, how he says he's going to dedicate his life to all evil because before that he'd been good and he's trying to sort of karmically balance. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's actually kind of interesting that he mentioned Mr. Mixius Pitlick earlier. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of, uh, the Alan Moore story, which I don't think you've read, mm-hmm. um, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I um, want to read that, but I haven't read it. Yeah. That's a good one. And, uh, in that, Mixius Pitlick kind of says, well, I dedicated first, I dedicated a thousand years to doing good and then a thousand years to doing mischief. Now I'm going to dedicate a thousand years to doing like true evil. And it was just always kind of an interesting thing. And it kind of reminded me of 
this guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's and that, that's probably the most interesting thing in the whole issue. Because other other yeah. than that, it's just a lot of concepts thrown at the wall um, with not great artwork and stuff that could yeah. have been done interestingly, but it's just a bit too slapdash. Um, yeah, um, one thing I, I liked was Dream Girl given a little bit of agency. Yes, she kind of overcomes yeah. and she actually grabs him by those stupid green uh, arms yes. and throws him around. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever? Uh, when I was a kid, they used to have those like slappy arms um, in like a gumball machine. Right, and they'd be like stretchy and sticky. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of what it reminds yeah. me of. Yeah, no, that's that's a good analysis there. Um, I've got a question though. So they beat him. Yeah. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's understood. Why at the end? This is what I said to you. Where they're narrating it, and um, so Karate Kid's narrating it, uh, and and Drew Goss says the universe is filled with limitless possibilities, right, Val? And he says, right, Dreamy, and one of those possibilities, and then it cuts to Cosmic Boy narrating it, mm-hmm. and he's do- and he's doing possibilities. Karate Kid said, and he's just like reading out the script. Yeah, it was really kind of a pointless <laughs> framing device because at the beginning we get that he's telling this story the whole time, um, but like which even, maybe this yeah. works better with. There's another story before this that has the same team that's with RJ, mm. um, and it actually has artwork by Jim Sherman who did the previous issue we read, mm. uh, which is a lot nicer. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just kind of like an ongoing thread with that. But yeah. Um, it's, it, it was a weird it's supposed device. just to point to the fact that it's a story within a story and it's all fictional and who can say what's real and what's not kind of thing. Like the fact that they're... I can't imagine it's that deep, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just really struggled with it. I'm going to give it like two and a half out of ten. I thought it was appalling. Like, <laughs> um, one of the worst. Let's see. What do you like give that. something like this? I guess I'll give it like a... a I'll give it a five. Wow, you're being very generous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, uh, there's still worse stuff out there. This was at least like, I yeah. didn't hate the art as much as you did. I definitely didn't think it was good, mm. but I thought it also had a little bit of a, like a charm to it that I can appreciate more than previous reads. Look, for me, it, I, I'm glad I read it because I am always interested in that kind of stuff where you, you sort of have to go back and everyone tells you something's bad, but I'd rather read it myself. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and it was just my problem. The artwork isn't why I gave it two and a half out of 10. It's, it's, it's the poor story. That's almost not even yeah. a story. And just the, the, as a writer myself, I could tell that it was a rush job, that it was something that probably sounded great when you were stoned, but it didn't, yeah. it, nothing like there were concepts in there that could be interesting. So I can see that James DeMatteis, like, you know, he he's got a lot of cool stories to tell, but it felt like he was just throwing shit at the wall with no cohesion, um, you know. And I feel bad in giving such a low score to one of his books because I generally find him a really interesting guy with who's done some excellent material. But hey, this is one comic in a career where he's written probably thousands, so you know he's entitled to a couple which aren't you know his best, you know. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like like you said earlier, I don't feel like I always. Um... I feel like generally when he goes too like wacky, it's yeah. not necessarily for me. Exactly, um, the, the wackier yeah. he tends to go, from what I've read, I'm not into it. I, I like him more when he grounds with just a little bit of. Uh, I, I can point to plenty, like his his Captain America run. I love, you know, 
what I've read of his mm-hmm. Justice League, I love. Craven's Last Town, I love. Stuff he's done on Spider-Man in general. Like, he's written a lot of stuff where I'm like, yeah, it's good It's good shit. You know, like, he's got a reputation for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's backed it up with good work across many decades. So, yeah, like I said, sure. like, this, yeah, this guy's entitled to one. I'm, I'm not going to crucify him for it. It is what it is. It was no one's best work, and, and we move on kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And then we get to... Um, now, who suggested or it was the two Legionnaires, Legionnaires Zero and Legion of Superheroes Zero? Are these zeros from the Zero Era, a Zero Hour Era? Is that you know? Yeah, so these are Zero Hour tie-ins. Um, basically, Zero Hour is what got the Legion rebooted. So um, this continues from the volume that we did with the Five Years Later stuff. I see. They just right. they got to like issue sixty one, I think, uh-huh. and that's where they wrapped up five year later. Right. Then they did a zero issue, and then yeah. the next issue after this is issue sixty two. Oh, so rather than starting a new title, they just did it that way. What an odd decision not to like. I I I like keeping a title's number running, but if you're going to do a full reboot, not just a different creative team, but a full reboot, to not number it from one afterwards seems odd. You know. Well, especially because this was the fourth volume already, so it's like you weren't afraid of, you yeah. know, relaunching the book. So, yeah. yeah. But Anyway, yeah, they do, um, there's an interesting, interesting I, – I read it in trade format, um, and it has a long introduction. I don't know if you saw it from Mark Wade. No, um, I didn't, no. It's interesting. I'll read a bit of it out. Basically, he was ta- – he talks about how John Byrne's um, reboot, although good for Superman – really hurt like a lot of other things like legion you know because there was no legion and all this kind of stuff so um he was a massive legion fan um legendary legion of superheroes writer paul levitz tried to do triage but his patient was at death's door the spark of life was gone he inherited the editorship um he tried a soft reboot um they were just struggling under the weight of the previous storylines and also what they couldn't do they had an opportunity um, in Zero Hour to do a one-time only get-out-of-continuity-jail-free card. We still couldn't have a Superboy or Supergirl, but we could fix whatever else we liked. So he and um, this artist, Tom, uh, I'll, I'll give you his name, uh, Tom McGraw, Tom McGraw. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. who was a big Legion fan, they basically spent like hours-long meetings uh, in offices um, really trying to work out how, you know, how to sort of continue on the Legion title. And eventually, they, they just got so deep into it that they just kept... It was like a house of cards that kept falling down under its own weight of all the yeah. different retcons ideas they had. Um, and they realised they were just putting a hat on a hat, a.k.a. overriding to the point of needless complexity. I distinctly remember saying at one point, you can't build a house on shifting sand. And you'll have to take my word for what happened next was neither capricious nor done with anything short of deep exasperation and deep love. If we couldn't build our house on shifting sand, we realised, why not just build a solid foundation from scratch? And basically, that's why they rebooted it. They, they, after they got to what sounds like a very exhaustive discussion process, they realised, well, we could just restart this ourselves, you know? Yeah, um, well, um, before this, uh, thanks for letting me know about that. That was interesting. Um, before this, with the Legion, you got to remember, we had the five years later stuff, so... Yes. Like, not only did Keith Giffen, or I'm sorry, Paul Levitz write the Legion from the Great Darkness Saga and then wrote them to, like, kind of a logical conclusion yes. where a lot of them are retired and whatnot. We then jumped five years and had five years of that. 
um, where things were just getting kind of complicated and you couldn't really go back to like something yeah. standard like this was. Yeah. Um, they did do a thing where they had clones of the original team. And in the companion book called Legionnaires, the first 18 issues mm. are about the, these clones. And wow. basically what they were trying to do with the clones is these are the Legionnaires and they're young again. You don't have to read the other book with the older people. You can just read these this book with them as kids. And, you know, it was almost like you could read it and not really have to think about the fact that they're clones and you could just enjoy some young Legion again. Oh, wow. And But that's yeah. why, as well, in this trade, the Legionnaires picks up on 19 because, as you say, the first 18 were that other storyline. Yeah, and that's what's particularly confusing is because that young team kind of looks similar to this. They have the same costume designs. Right. Um, and then it's like just 18 issues of that other team before they get completely rebooted. That sounds desperate, um, though. We're going to do clones of the young guys and, you know. Uh, yeah. That's where, that's where you, yeah. you know, you know, it's just a bit desperate. It but... was interesting. It was kind of cool. You know how they had Bendis' X-Men Yes. Uh, where he brought back the original team members. Yes. I enjoyed it. It was like that. Yeah. And it was honestly probably more interesting to me because, mm. I don't know, it was just done better. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. I agree. Like, it, look, these, all these concepts can be done well. Um, yeah. Uh, and anyway, so in essence, they rebooted. And we're doing the first two yeah. zero issues. Uh, and I, I'm going to say straight up, honestly, I thought they were middling. Uh, like, okay, like they were okay. I, I like, they, but I thought they were too talky. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can see. Oh, look, I'm a Mark Wade fan from way back. I can see plenty of setup going on, and I appreciate these are probably loved and become a lot. Better. He doesn't really stick around super long, but Does yeah, yeah okay. go ahead. Well, here's my point. I expected more. Um, I felt that, like, yes, it's interesting to go back to the assassination. I wanted to see that too. And he's building stuff, and I can tell it's coming from a place of love. You know, I just felt it could have been a bit more... If you're a new reader, I didn't think this was compulsive reading. For a Legion fan craving, you know, probably classic Legion, this was more satisfying. And I'm someone who really likes the Legion, so I was kind of interested. But I thought a new reader just walking into the comic shop this wasn't blowing me away. Um, yeah. So this was suggested by uh, Jason Brown. He called it Archie Legion, mm. which is because people call it Archie Legion because it's like Archie comics in the sense that it's maybe a little more uh, relationship simplistic at times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Drama. Uh, and then Benedict Bartolome said reboot Legion as a whole. Yeah. Which I think he was teasing mm. Jason Brown, but uh, but Benedict did suggest uh, an Archie or reboot Legion story as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what you were saying pretty much kind of sums up my thoughts on the reboot stuff as a whole. It's like just middling. Mm. It's not mm. fantastic. It has its high points, mm. but for the most part, I kind of feel similar to you. Oh, yeah, um, I, I just expected more, I think, as well. You know, you know, you know when I was kind of like, oh, because I was we're reading all the classic stuff for this show. And I knew yeah. this. I knew this was at the end, and I knew Mark Wade had something to do with it. I didn't know the details, and I just thought that it would be a bit more exciting. Like it just felt like really sort of almost paint by numbers. Like, like they were trying to be too careful. There were some interesting concepts. I liked the the concept of Garth kind of being on the streets. I liked Cosmic Boy with the kind of dodgy manager. 
I just think they need to spice it up a bit with a bit more action, um, especially for for especially when you're trying to relaunch something and reboot something. You need to kind of get a little bit more juice in the machine, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, one thing is that it's just like a lot of the times they were just kind of taking classic stories and doing like a new spin on them, which mm. is kind of a, a dangerous path to go down. Like mm. you want to have all the same villains back and all that, but at the, sometimes it was just like mm. too much just like, okay, now we're going to do more Drew and, yeah. you know, it's kind of similar to before, but it's new. And then here's the Fatal Five. And it's kind of similar to before, and maybe even will homage like the cover of the Fatal Five stuff. But it's different, but it's the same, mm. uh, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I think also maybe it would have been better read if we did like six issues at a time for this, sure, sure. because in the next few issues they actually introduce like. Uh, six or eight more members, like and, pretty quickly. And frankly, I think we could probably do do that. I, I I'd be happy to do like this trade I've got, which is which starts off with the two zero issues. I'd be happy to do the full trade. You know what I mean? Um, which which has like four issues of Legion of Superheroes and four issues of Legionnaires, um, as well as the two zero. I'd be happy to do the whole thing to get a complete picture. But just coming in on these two issues, I didn't think either of them were anything fantastic i I mean i'd I'd give them both six out of ten you know really uh and my note to wade would be sort of try harder like this is you know (laughs) i I, you know we need more action you know you need to draw readers in more you can't just this almost felt like a narration you know like it was just kind of like plodding along very safe i I think they were trying to give they're probably trying to give readers what they thought readers wanted after you know, all the craziness of five years later and whatever else. They were trying to sort of go back to basics, but uh, yeah. there was a charm missing, I think. Yeah, I'd probably give it an, an the first issue an eight just because I really like the um, Stuart, Stuart Eminence art. Yes, and it is um, good. The, the artwork, actually, you, you are correct. The artwork is strong in this first issue. Very strong, actually. Yeah, and he was kind of a holdover from the five-year-later stuff, and I think he only does this one issue, and then he's gone. Uh, and then the other guy does the Legionnaires book, and then they actually get the guy that did um, the Star Girl Stars and Stripe book. Oh yeah, uh, he comes on and does this title, which okay. I like his art well enough. Yeah, no, and and I liked in the Zero issue, I really did like Stuart Eminem's art, which I like in general. Um, that was a, that was a strong point, um, and you know it has the shadowy guy at the end as well. He's talking about the Masters. Um, you know, and, and how they're going to try to assassinate RJ Brand again. Um, what's the difference in, if we close out our discussion of uh, episode one of episode zero of um, Legion of Superheroes, what's the difference in the Legionnaires book? What makes that different from a Legion of Superheroes? Um, so, yeah, like I said before, it was that was the adult team versus the kids, but yes. then going forward, it's really just them having two titles. Okay. Um, and they go back and forth. Sometimes they would like split the books into two different teams. So like uh, maybe one team was straining back in the 20th century. So Legion of Superheroes would follow that team. And then the Legionnaires would follow the team in the 30th century. And how long did so, yeah, this dual bit. book? Because I'm impressed that Legion had two books on shelves. You know, like, yeah. you know, were you loving it at the time? Like, were you or were you too young at the time to appreciate it? I was too young. I didn't even know. 
uh, I don't know if I knew what the Legion was really. Um, but yeah, it went for the Legionnaires book went for 80 issues and then the other one went for like 120. So So there was a good seven years. They had two books. Right. And then after that, did we get Legion lost and all that? Yeah. So then Legion lost and Legion worlds, and then it just becomes the Legion. And so, yeah, this is the same team, um, that goes, um, for Legion Lost. Uh-huh. And I think there you can see maybe that's this concept done a little more compellingly, you know, right. a little more exciting, a little more modern feeling. Have you read it all? Have you read all these? Like the, the four yeah. runs? Okay, yeah. And uh, overall as a run, for, Le- for what, 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 are you, what are your thoughts? Like as a whole run, is it, is it relatively highly re- regarded by you or is it a bit more sort of middle of the road? Uh, the Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning stuff is, but this stuff before there, uh, like I said, there's high points and low points, but overall it's kind of like what you said, it's kind of middling. Like mm. I usually generally say like, um, if you pick up the Legion starting with, uh, Paul Levitz's stuff, you can pretty much read all the way through to, uh, like the Jeff John stuff. Mm. And you've got a pretty solid, like entertainment without any real gaps and like quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that speaks to, you know, that includes all this stuff where yeah. it's like, I don't think you'd be like bored reading this stuff. Yeah. But no, I don't think it's like, for me, it's not like the better stuff. There is still some cool stuff. Cause they'll have new uh, members that we didn't see in the previous iterations of the team and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so just trying to decide fun. whether it's worth... Well, look, I think what we'll do at some point is we might do this first trade uh, in full to give it to give, yeah, it, a, good idea. To, to give it a better chance because uh, okay. I only read the two zero issues and I, and I was a little under-impressed um, overall. I, I, I also expected more, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, that's where I say that I, I generally re- uh, prefer what I said, the Dan Abnett stuff, and then also when Mark Wade comes back and does the three-boot stuff. Yes. Because the three boot stuff just feels a little more like unique and well, I don't know, I interesting picking, to me. I was picking that up in in shops when it came out, and I and I enjoyed yeah, that. I enjoyed that for sure. Yeah, you liked it at the time. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you've taken a few shots at it here and there since yeah. then. I know, but yes. <laughs> that's okay. We no, won't no, hold it against you. Uh, no, I just at the time when it was coming out, I I knew very little about it. You know the back history. Um, I just knew the concept, and I. At the time, when it was coming out, I thought it was pretty good. I, I remember it didn't seem to go for very long, though. Um, you know, um, it didn't. What's seem... that? The, oh yeah, he went. He had like thirty issues, okay. and then Tony Bedard did like six issues, and then they pretty drastically changed it for um, uh, Jim Shooter came back, and yeah, it was see, pretty I, dreadful. I, I reckon I read the whole thing though. I reckon I got every single issue at the time. Cause oh I, wow. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. Like, I don't remember it well. You know what I mean? Like, I probably read the issues only once. But yeah. I, at the time, I was buying a lot of comics, and I stuck. Mm-hmm. I, I, I came in at the tail end of Abdon and Lanning, at the very tail mm-hmm. end of their run, and then I stuck around because of Mark Wade. And yeah, I would have read. I read it all, um, and I remember I enjoyed it. I didn't like it. Hasn't left a huge mark on my brain, but I, I thought it was interesting. You know, comics. But, um, yeah, that'll be a good one to revisit soon. But you know uh, what someday. it's like when you're buying, like back in those days, I was going to the comic store, I was buying probably six titles, seven titles a week, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, some of the stuff just gets lost in the mix in your mind. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So I figured for this, these two part, we don't have to go too in depth in it since we no. kind of already summarized it. Um, I mean, what, and maybe if any... we do the whole trade sometime, we'll actually break down the story more. But definitely. Did you uh, have any key points you wanted to make? Because I feel like I've kind of said what I want to say. I, I yeah, that's it's... what I was going to say. Um, there was two things though. Was one. This RJ brand, I thought you might be interested, is they always kind of hint that this is actually Martian Manhunter. Really? Wow. Yeah, so no relation to Chameleon Boy for the reboot. Oh. But um, it's implied that it's Martian Manhunter throughout. Oh. And then I think at the end, they pretty much confirm that it's Martian Manhunter. And that's why it's kind of oh. interesting when you go in his office, they have Wonder Woman, Flash, Batman, yes. Superman. Yes. Yeah, this fascination that he has. Um, oh. But yeah, so I just thought I'd mention that to you. That's cool. Because uh, I was yeah. reading it thinking it was Chameleon Boy's dad, even though there was no sort of connection in the story. But that, okay, that actually that at least makes sense why he would be so fixated on the kind of Age of Heroes. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, and he actually ends up naming um, Monel here rather than Superboy. And when he names him, they change the spelling to make it look like Martian. Right. So it's like M apostrophe capital O N E L. Mm. So yeah, it's just yeah. kind of like another hint. Not Monel because he came on a Monday or whatever it was. That yeah, yeah, was not that. I think Monel in the reboot is Martian for the word Valor, uh, which is the name that he took um, in the five year later stuff. Whenever, um, whenever Superboy wasn't around to give him a name. I'm just flicking through uh, the Legionnaires one. You know, honestly, I didn't hate it. Like, I, I'm reading it now as as you're talking, and it was okay. You know, but it was it was just it was it was one of those books that never really it it wasn't it didn't like when I got to the end of the second zero issue, I was like, really, that was it? Like that didn't. Well, here's happen. what I'll tell you though: is that from my like what I can remember. Mm. Um, they do like more fun storylines than this and, you know, have more fun and humor maybe, but it just feels like it's a lot of this for like yeah. 80 issues, to be honest oh, with you. Okay. Yeah. Well that, that feels like yeah. hard work for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, look, uh, six out of 10 for me, but Adam's got some decent points and we will do the trade at some point on the show. Uh, cause I think it's a trade that, you know, I wonder how that trade sold cause I haven't seen a volume two come out. Um, uh, I think there's a volume two. I don't think they've done volume three though. Okay. Um, do you want? Uh, I'll give the first one an eight. I'd give this one a seven. Okay. The second one, the Legionnaires. Um, okay. Also, in the last few pages of the Legionnaires, we see a few more people getting recruited: mm. uh, Colossal Boy, and then Kid Quantum, XS, who is um, Barry Allen's granddaughter. Yes. Chameleon Boy, Invisible Kid. Brainiac 5, so I just thought that was worth mentioning. And, and so these are the reboot characters, like, so this is the one where there's the go to Legion Lost and they have, like, the tracker and all that stuff, is that right? Like, you know, the little alien tracker that's in... Yeah, Shikari, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, this is that same team. Okay, so they, I feel like they kind of feel more grown up under Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Yeah, and look, I mean, in fairness, uh, must have been a pretty good time for a Legion fan having two titles coming out. You know? Yeah, I imagine that would be pretty awesome. It was kind of like um, uh, Superman. You remember how they used yes. to have like the triangles, and you sure. wouldn't follow the numbering; you would follow the triangle, like yes. one, 100%. two. Yeah. yeah, they did the same thing with Legion. That's uh, cool. Where they would, yeah. That's cool. It's, I really hope Legion can get back to that place where there's always at least one Legion title and maybe a companion title at some point in the future. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't. I, I hope DC don't put Legion back on the shelf now that Bendis, if Bendis is leaving, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd love it. Um, maybe someday they'll, you know, I think maybe the path forward should be like do something in multimedia, so like movies or TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it'll catch on there, and then yeah, yeah, might make the book popular. It's a very cool concept, like. It, and it's kind of an unkillable concept in the comics. Like you can keep on refreshing it, and there's mm-hmm. there's so much to it uh, conceptually that I think it it works. I'm sort of surprised they haven't done it already. You know, even entangling Superman in maybe a Legion story or something in a movie. You know, um, yeah, I would love it. Could be a way to go uh, to to entangle Legion in a Superman film and then maybe do a spin-off uh, Legion movie, it sort of feels like it would be quite sort of possible, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're living in an age where anything is possible for these, um, uh, you know, properties. Yeah. So, you know, all you really need is the right creator and the right, you know, sure. yeah. urge to make something, right? Well, you need to get away so. from a Zack Snyder dark verse to do it, probably. Oh, Jesus, yes. You, you, you need a completely... Uh, different set of hands, but like a lot of the Marvel stuff would probably fit quite well with a kind of Legion in the future kind of feel, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. You know, get someone like uh, I know James Gunn is doing the Suicide Squad, but he'd probably do a good job with it. Or, that kind of feel, that kind of filmmaker, that kind mm-hmm. of feel. Um, I could certainly see it uh, working. Or do it like hard sci-fi or something would be cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm just kind of putting that out there, and I do think you could utilize Superman in it a little bit, which would give. Uh, viewers who know nothing about Legion, which is the vast majority of the audience, you know, 99% of people don't even know what the Legion of Superheroes is. You, If you put Superman guesting in it for a little bit, I think that would build up a lot of familiarity because I think the concept is so cool that Superman was a member when he was young, you know, and, and then he's he comes into it. doesn't need to be a central player, but it, the audience is like, wow, okay, this is Superman comics. We know that. We know Superman. This is interesting. You know? Yeah, you know, bring some cachet to the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. What I, I do find interesting, though, is actually um, my wife knew who the Legion of Superheroes were before we ever, like, started dating or anything um, because there was a cartoon show on when yes. we were kids. Yeah, so I just think it's kind of interesting that, you know, people of my age, mm. um, you know, might be more familiar with them than, you know, people of your age. Yeah, well, I wasn't a kid when that Legion of Superheroes <laughs> show came out yeah, exactly I, I remember it i was in my i was in my early 20s i think um yeah, yeah for sure and yeah, it was, it was a good, yeah. decent show frankly you know um yeah. fun, fun show actually yeah 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 like but i'm talking about like when i say audience i don't i mean the vast audience out there that yeah yeah, yeah. everyone no, knows. yeah i just meant it's interesting to me that you know they might have you know my generation is a generation of people that like never really want to grow up Sure. So all it really takes is them being like, oh, you know, I loved uh, uh, Blue's Clues. And then all of a sudden Blue's Clues like blows up on social media. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I know just I know a thought. I mean. it's, that, it's that endless nostalgia loop of just everything. Um, yeah. Which, which Hollywood is all well to, uh, you know, aware of, you know. Yeah, exactly. They're always looking to capitalize on that. Yeah, they are indeed. Well, look, it's been a mighty episode. We've covered a lot of territory I want to thank every single person who has suggested something. I want to thank everyone who is on the Legion Outpost page. Please give us a like on Facebook on Legion Outpost and give us a like on Signal of Doom. 
Um, the two shows are very aligned. Uh, I just want to mention Signal of Doom, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Uh, for a little as the price of a cup of coffee, you can contribute to um, our Patreon, which pays for all of this, like uh, the the hosting costs and all that kind of stuff for, for Legion Outpost and Signal of Doom, which makes us give you more content uh, and makes it a lot easier for us. But I do want to thank you. And Adam, thank you so much for coming on and such an exhaustive look at so many different titles from all across all the eras. Yeah, we might have done a, a few uh, more than we really should have. It ended <laughs> up being a little more longer than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we should mention we have our giveaways on the Legion Outpost Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Irwin won our most recent one, mm. uh, which was a copy of Adventure Comics. Was that 329. the guy I sent you his address? He, he messaged yeah, you? Yeah, I still yeah. need to get that in the mail, but okay. <laughs> he is our winner. Okay. Um, but yeah, worth uh, noting the contest was name your character from the legion of superheroes that you would give their own title to and he mentioned his pick was wildfire which i thought would be a cool idea that's a that's 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 a decent suggestion well i would buy it yeah i think that it would be a very good one i mind dream girl do i win a prize (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no but i like to pick (laughs) all right on that note thank you and good night (laughs) 